podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 390 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello everyone. And this week, what do we have? We have we, we have reviews. We have some award season catch-up with reviews of Minari, which we've all watched, News of the World, which me and Ian have watched, and also The War with Grandpa, which me and Ian have watched, and Becky hasn't watched. Becky's going to give her views on Zack Snyder's The Justice League, and we will also probably jump in with that a little bit to have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, and we've got some what you've been watching, some questions, and other bits as we go. Uh, I'll do some housekeeping now before we, we go. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Uh, you can find other Pod Syndicate shows, such as The Rewatch Project, Chinstroker vs. Punter. Uh, what else in there? His film, Her Movie. Uh, Beyond the Neon, What's on Tap, Entertainment Landfill, and Sequel. Think that's everything I've covered. Uh, plus all the bonus shows, including Playing It Forward, Tales in the Tape Deck. Uh, there and back again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you can check out uh, the, the the Snyderverse uh, podcasts we did on that. Um, so yeah, go fucking listen to those as well. Uh, also, if you want to sponsor us, you can give us uh, some money on Patreon, uh, $2 a month, and you get extra bits at the beginning of the show, and you get bonus shows thrown around at random when we can fucking do them. Uh, so yeah, that's housekeeping out of all, out of the way now. Uh, Ian, there's just been some news, hasn't there? Fucking hell, man. Wow. Um, so Brilliant. yeah. Yeah, but very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Black Widow and Cruella are going to be going to Disney Plus premiere access as well as theatrical release. Um, Black Widow now moved to May 28th, uh, which means that it can come out in cinemas day and date over here. Uh, Cruella um, now moved to July, July 9th. Um, also, the new Pixar film Luca is going to do a soul 
and is going straight to Disney Plus, not Premier Access. Uh, but in international markets with Disney Plus, it's not available. That will release theatrically. Um, and there's been a bunch of uh, release date changes as well. Um, the King's Man now becomes a Christmas film, December 22nd. Uh, Shang-Chi, September 3rd. Free Guy, August 13th. And Death on the Nile is now February 11th next year. So, I mean, that's an odd one. Can you link me that information? Because I didn't take all of the dates in. Death on the Nile, shall I do now? I think, you, you, you can imagine that you'd be better off switching Death on the Nile and the new Kingsman movie around. Because Death on the Nile feels more like a, like, like a courtesy movie over a Christmas movie. 100% it does. Um, whereas the new Kingsman movie, which, I mean, I've said this about all the Kingsman movies, I, I, I have zero interest in. Um, and I actually enjoyed the first two. But a Kingsman origin story, it's kind of, I, I feel a little bit like maybe the time has passed <laughs> yeah. on this one a little bit. Yeah. Whereas definitely, like, you know, I'd happily go and see that at a Christmas, you know, when we hopefully can Power see people. Power is made for Christmas. Yeah. It, it, it I, just is. It just feels more sort of Christmas. Anyone our age who kind of grew up with whether you watched them or not but the big like bbc christmas special was like usually a poirot thing wasn't it i don't know i didn't watch is it was it a bit too tory it was a bit too tory yeah. <laughs> oh i love baby touche though uh but that, that's it's the thing is it, it seems to be with the, with the way that disney have looked at uh these things is the there's kind of been a shift in their mentality and gone, right, we've been looking at this the wrong way around, haven't we? We've been looking at it and going, look at all the money we're going to lose on the um, cinema experience, rather than look at all the money we're going to gain on the streaming side. Mm. Um It'd be interesting to know what the numbers are on um, Disney Plus sort of subscribers. What, how many there actually are? Yeah. Mm. Um, but also, like, you know, the, the premier access. Because the thing is, Will, for instance, I, I'm sure I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I would, I would think all three of us will probably go to the cinema anyway to go and see um, Black Widow and Cruella. Because oh shit no hang on sorry I got Cruella and Black Widow the wrong way round. Black Widow's July the 9th, Cruella's May the twenty eighth. Oh, it's interesting. What the fuck? <sighs> all right, fair enough. Sorry, continue. Uh, but yeah, but we'll, we'll probably both go all three of us. Sorry, we'll go and see them anywhere at the at the cinema because of the. The, the access we have, mm. um, it, it, you know, is the honest answer for that. Um, and because I, I think all three of us want, you know, we'll happily go for that experience, um, you know. And not only that, it'll be cheaper for us. <laughs> you, know <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know, we won't I have think, to pay for it. So, like, how much is it? How much is that gonna be gonna be on this premier access thing then? Fucking. Like twenty twenty five quid. Like uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna, no, it's going to be twenty nine, or well, basically thirty dollars. So thirty dollars. So it'll probably be about twenty quid then. 
It'd probably be $22.99, I think, for some reason it's come in my head, and I have no idea why. How much is Raya in The Last Dragon? Let me have a look now. Because um, it'll be whatever that is. I think that's $22.99. That, that's why it's in my head. But I could be... I literally could be making it up in my own head. I mean, you often do. My head is a weird place. You know that time you made up no, about Afro Samurai? What, the time when I made up thing about Afro Samurai and it turned out to be fucking true. <laughs> 1999. Is it? Yeah. I mean, that's a compelling... Like, for Black Widow, that's going to be... That's going to be a fucking compelling price. Like, maybe... Not necessarily for us, don't get me wrong. Like, Donna and I will go see Black Widow in the cinema, even
you know, you shouldn't feel proud about fucking torrenting a movie. Have I torrented movies? Yes, I have. I, I'm not going to deny that. But you aren't getting one up on the fucking studios. Um, you are socking it to the fucking big man. Um, you know, you, you, you're effectively, you're seeing the right to watch a movie. See, no, you know, you shouldn't feel proud about fucking torrenting a movie. Have I torrented movies? Yes, I have. I, I'm not going to deny that. But you aren't getting one up on the fucking studios. Um, you are socking it to the fucking big man. Um, you know, you, you, you're effectively, you're seeing the right to watch a movie. You wouldn't steal a handbag. Um, it depends. Depends if it was a really nice handbag. No, it, it depends if it was a really nice handbag. If if that handbag had a copy of Black Widow, uh, I just hanging out of it, and I looked at it and went, right, fuck it, why not? Oh, that. <laughs> There's a possibility. Just saying that. Yeah. But I, I doubt that's going to happen. If it had like a copy of Candyman in it, I'd fucking mug the person. If I had a copy of Candyman in it, I would, I would shoot that person dead where they stood. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's fascinating though because like with with them doing this with a marvel studios film it, it is like do the floodgates open for disney yes they probably do but i still don't think they will for most other studios because they don't have their own streaming pla- like worldwide streaming pla- platform that they control um you know warners have hbo max in the u.s um they're going to be launching that worldwide, but they've got all sorts of licensing deals. It's going to make it difficult for uh, for a lot of the content to, to replicate. Uh, even even Disney, you know, it, it was six months before they could launch Disney Plus in the UK. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, I, it, I, I don't know, it, it, it's fascinating, but I'm, I'm also minded to say yeah all right let disney do that well there's still plenty of big films that will play in cinemas and maybe get more of a chance in cinemas because black widow's not like the marvel films aren't going to be vacuuming up all the space but it'll be really interesting to see how black widow performs there's a there's a pent-up demand for big screen marvel could will could people go look we can pay some money go out like have a night out and go see Black Widow, or I'm just going to stay in my home where I've been for the last year and watch Black Widow because it's easier. Maybe in a couple of years' time, people might might be thinking more like that. But I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm happy. Like I'm happy to watch Black Widow in the cinema. Cruella, though, if Lottie wants to watch Cruella you know yeah 20 quid may actually be reasonable you know um and also it's the fact that with this premiere access thing you don't just rent it you get to keep it on your as long as you maintain your disney plus subscription like it's not 15.99 you rent it for 48 hours it's gone it's 20 quid you've got it as long as you've got disney plus and you're yeah and essentially you are buying it because when the fuck are you going to get rid of disney plus it's um it's and a really really that sweet sweet star content. Well, yeah, oh god, the star content so good. But it has it, very quickly become my favourite streaming service. Can I just point something out about star yeah, content? Kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah. There's a couple of things very quickly while we're on it. One, uh, seriously, Disney, uh, if there's a 4K available for it, why haven't you uploaded that one? Mm. It, it'd be, 
Oh, one of those people. You said he doesn't. He doesn't detract from it. Um, and secondly, when you get a star on the on the actual app, mm. it just brings up a selection of the movies that are available, not all of them. But you have to know what's on. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so you always yeah. have to have to know what's on there yeah. to be able to access it. It's it's a really odd system, and I, I, I hope that they're going to keep on just throwing more at it as it goes along. It's it's just the thing is, I look at Netflix in comparison, and Netflix sort of quality wise has gone down in recent years, and the price has gone up. Whereas Disney Plus is seven pounds ninety nine, and there's just so much shit on there. Like, there's so many times that I've been on there going, fucking hell, I haven't seen that in ages, and it's not stuff that I would have sought out. Had I not seen it, it's, it's, it's like, and, and I, I know I've said this, I've said this previously on the show, it's like going to HMV or Virgin back in the day and looking through the five for 30 quid. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's what I have always said about streaming services it is that they are not there to watch a specific movie. Mm. They are there to watch a movie. Mm. Mm. I, yeah. I, I, it's... I, it's it's interesting because like in July you've got Top Gun Maverick as well, which has been like placed as we've shot this all like practical, we've shot this with IMAX cameras in planes and all that kind of stuff, and crews being crews, it's like this is a big screen experience. So you've got Top Gun Maverick big screen experience versus Black Widow see it however you want as long as you give us your fucking money yeah it, you know, it it's fascinating fucking fascinating and if disney are going to go down that road then fair enough i just hope cinema chains uh, will still have terms agreeable with disney to play the fucking things but if they don't never mind still gonna have paramount films still gonna have universal warner brothers all the indies you know cinemas will be okay without that money like they'd like that money but they'll be okay yeah especially this year when they reopen because there's so much content out there it's ridiculous yeah no exactly and um the 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 cruella a quiet place to double which i think is going to be our episode 100 is still on (laughs) episode 400 400, fuck me. What did I say? 200? 100. You said 100. 100. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Sorry. Um, da, la, 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 la. No, it's gone. Has there been any other news this week? There was something, wasn't there? I said there was something. You were going to talk about the Oscars, um, not letting people go oh. remote acceptance. Yes, thank you, Bex. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that was interesting. So uh, this week's Oscars, um, the producers among them, Steven Soderbergh, um, they've said, right, we're going to do it in person. We're going to have some of it happening at like Union Square or Union Station or something um, where they're going to do like outside live musical performances. And then they're going to have inside, I believe, in the Dolby Theatre like normal um with nominees and their like plus ones only and 
and you know like the the kind of like the the invited people essentially oh like well the invited people makes it sound like you know you're not going to have all the people that were there like last time it's gonna it, it, it it's gonna be a sporadic crowd but essentially no they're not going to allow zoom um uh, zoom acceptances either they're there or they're not which ballsy yeah it seems a little bit like well what if what if you're an actor who's been nominated but you literally are medically told no you're shielding <laughs> you skype and said oh hello I was just saying they could, they could use Skype instead. They've only specifically said Zoom, haven't they? I think maybe they're, they're meaning all of them, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's fair to say they, th- they think they mean all, all of them. But I don't know. It's interesting because, frankly, in America, it kind of seems like, hey, if you want a vaccine, you kind of just need to ask and you can have one. Or, like, maybe not quite as churlish as that. But it's like I just the amount of American people I follow on Twitter are like, yeah, I've got I've got my vaccine um it it must just be going really like really quite well over there so it feels like they probably could have some sort of relatively safe award show and i suppose just as a show of confidence going like look we're cinema we're back we're able to pull off not a normal show but way more fucking normal than you would have thought we would have been able to do in january Mm. I'm, i'm i'm up for that now if two weeks after suddenly it was a massive super spreader event then oh dear but they're they're going to be testing people all over the place for that like that you know you probably sit down on your seat and they put a pcr test up your ass it just it might not be very accurate but you know (laughs) it just seems a little bit like i guess they'll probably make exceptions though if people are like actually medically shielding (laughs) I suppose it's to kind of try and get people there. Yeah. Chloe Zhao, you've got an autoimmune deficiency. Fuck you. You're not going to be the second woman to ever win the Oscar and have an acceptance speech. Yeah, it literally is. Fuck her. (laughs) We'll give it a Fincher instead. She's not allowed it. No. Uh, We're going to give it to her. You can have it. She can have it. What, what, what's that? I don't know. Who are you? What's your name? Give her it. Just give her it. I'm just a seat filler. Well, I've seat fillers. Mm. All those people are out of jobs now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have uh, in place. Ian, before we get into trailers, are you ready to do your rant number two? Um, yeah, two ticks. Um, just on before we move on about the Disney stuff, the fact that Luca, the new Pixar film, is not even getting a premiere access release. <laughs> I if I was like if I was working for Pixar, I would be a little bit like, right, okay, Soul, I get it. It's Christmas time, you know, there there seems to be no end to this. I, yeah, fair enough. Right, our our other original film, you're gonna do that. I bet if we were Cars 4, you wouldn't be doing this. But no, our original film. I mean, like, I liked Soul, didn't love Soul by any by any means. But I do feel sorry for the people who worked on Call Me by Your Luca, as it, it it's 
I, they, I, they, it feels like they've been kind of fucked over there. I would, I would have liked to have seen Luca in the cinema. And now with it going straight to Disney Plus, not Premier Access, yes, more eyeballs will be on it, which I suppose is a good thing. But it just, it, I don't know. Like, don't, the, the people making it, did they really think, yes, this is meant to be streamed on Disney Plus? Just as content? Like, that's the content for the week on Disney Plus. Mm. There you go. You've got that and you've got an episode of Loki. Enjoy content, shit munchers. Which is I, literally what it is now. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know how I feel about that. Um, you know, and I mean, like Wolf Walkers got, um, uh, got acquired by uh, by Apple TV Plus, but man, Apple gave that a theatrical where they could. Like cool. people were able to go and see Wolf Walkers, you know. However, this is a little bit a a horse of their own making, a little bit though, because, um. You've got, where have you got with the, try to find like the, a list of Pixar's movies. Uh, so just a Pixar films, list of Pixar films. There we go. So you had Toy Story come out in 95. And then they pretty much ran at one a year or one every 18 months. Uh, from uh, when A Bug's Life came out in 98 up until what 2017 there when you had two out in the same year um, two out in 2015 but you had none out in 2014 but now they're going to like two a year at the moment <laughs> and it feels a little bit like they yeah. have saturated the market yeah the, essentially they've They've devalued their own brand. Mm. When there's one every six months, it's not it's not like having a Marvel film every six months where they're episodic mm. and they are they're they're all linked. And so you know you you've got to you, you know having them out every six months kept up that yeah you know that kind of not even that continuity but it it kept up the interest in Mm. them you know it'd be easy people have started to lose interest now because it's been you know what getting on 18 months since the last marvel movie yeah you know people have started to the hype train isn't there Mm. a little bit but pixar movies there's not they're not interlinked no so when you've got one every Every six months, it's no longer an event. It's just a new Pixar movie. Blade Runner 2049 has ruined the word interlinked for me. I just can't not hear that computer going. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, I mean, you've got Luca is out this year. But then next year, there's two. It just... This is the thing. Like, did they become just oh actually no they won't become now we're just going to release them on disney plus because they'll want that oscar for best animated film and the oscar eligibility rules this is i mean actually that's the point the oscar eligibility rules are that they've got to like have a qualifying run in at least new york and la and whatnot it you know it it, are they now basically taking luca out of contention or are they betting that the academy are going to loosen up these guidelines again because the academy fucking won't if cinemas are back the academy are going to be like nah 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 back to the cinema you go 
They'll release it so it qualifies. They'll release it in enough places so it qualifies. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just... I, 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 I mean, yeah, I don't know. If I was... If, if I worked for Pixar... I'd be feeling properly fucking demotivated by that. It's like, right, Raya and the Last Dragon, you'll premiere access that one. Black Widow, you'll premiere access that one. Fair play. But you're just going to say, no, nah, you can just have that on Disney+. Plus. I, and it, I think it says something about what its commercial, uh, commercial vi- uh, viability is as well, quite frankly. Um, and it's like, if, if Disney are basically going to use Pixar as this is going to be our rt animation brand then fair enough but at the same time finding nemo free finding everyone because we're all old and we've all we've all got lost that that would be in cinemas that would be that would be premier access it's an original property and it devalues the original property as well you know i i yeah i i'm i'm, I'm really well, I was going to say not sure how I feel about that. I'm obviously sure how I feel about that. I feel bad for the Pixar people. But yeah, I'll watch it at home and have less of an experience. Cheers. Do you think part of it was because of the the very, you know, Pixar had their first commercial disaster with Onward? Mm. And you, you could say that part of that was, you know, was Pantasonic. Yeah. yeah. But um, but also as well, it, it wasn't as well received as a lot of Pixar uh, was. So, I mean, it was the, I think it's the, you could say the good dinosaur was a, wasn't, a, was a, it didn't make money, let's say that. Mm. But that's because it was kind of like weird. It, it, it's the, that good, the good dinosaur is like the forgotten about Pixar movie. They, mm. they kind of chucked it out and hoped that nobody had fucking noticed. I didn't know yeah. that was um, but yeah, it's I don't know, it's gone a little bit from Pixar. I've gone from that situation where they were the darlings now to a little bit like they are they're fumbling a little bit. Mm. And it, they're keeping I mean, hold of it, but it's it ain't fucking it ain't all smooth sailing anymore. The issue is, though, you look at the the recent Pixar movies; they are gradually getting uglier and uglier to look at. Like the animation isn't as as good as it used to be, and that's with advances in technology. Because the problem I think is, as everybody everybody else has caught up, mm. um, and they've 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 not been able to go further because it's an aesthetic now. Yeah. Before it was, you know, you go back and look at Toy Story, um, and does it look that great? No. But it's a really good story. But it doesn't look actively ugly. No, it doesn't look bad. No, it doesn't look... Whereas Luca, if you look at the stills from Luca, it, it looks garish and it looks ugly. Oh, it looks fucking horrible, yeah. yeah. But then again, we're both not exactly famed for our standing in Pixar corner. No, we're not. But... You, 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 you've, you've relented over the recent years, but I still fight the good fight. Yeah, I can I can stand there and say, <laughs> you know what, Coco, it, it, it's a, a great story and it's a nice-looking film. Onward, it's an ugly film, but it's a good story. Luca just looks, it just looks ugly. It doesn't look nice, no. Yeah. It looks cheap. It looks like a fucking, like Sonic the Hedgehog used to look back in the day, and it was all just too brightly coloured. It looks L- like that. Luca looks like it was made by the Mexican non-union equivalent Pixar. <laughs> yeah. El yeah, Pixaro! <laughs> and, and, and sticking it straight on Disney Plus, 
makes it feel like that. That's the yeah. impression. Like Soul, they they got away with that because they were like, you know, essentially this is coming out on Christmas Day. It it's Christmas a film to watch gift. with the whole family at yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And we were in the midst of COVID, gone a COVID, weren't we? Exactly. Like, yeah. It, that 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 was Disney going going. Look, we know everything's shit. So here, quite literally, is something for your soul on Christmas Day. That made me want to vomit a little bit. I think I maybe did a little bit in my mouth. That was gross. I love it. Good please, that. Please don't do that again. It's good. I mean, I mean, the, but I mean, this is it. It's like now in June, you're gonna have like the Loki series ongoing, Black Widow and Luca. So it's just all gonna be like. Disney Plus again, you know, and I mean, I, I mean, I agree with what you said earlier on, Beck. So like, Star is like, there's some great content on Star, but it's like once you've exhausted that, it's well, what what's coming next then? Okay, it's the latest thing that we've kind of like just got off Pixar because they've tossed it off, and uh, here's yeah. here's Marvel, here's a Marvel series, here's a Star Wars series, yeah. here's another Marvel series, here's Luca it, Two: The Return of Jafar. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I enjoy Disney Plus. I I like their dedication to putting as much as they have in 4K and Atmos and whatnot. Much more Disney than Star, I will say, though. Um, Very much so. Um, But at the, I don't know, at the same time. It just make it weirdly makes me less excited for their for all their stuff. I was looking forward to going to see Black Widow in the cinema. Like I was really up for it. Now, now it's like oh, I could just you know, frankly, you know, you could get a torrent on the day of release now, you know, and it just like I'm not saying I would. I would rather go see it in the cinema. You know, I, I, it but, just it. But, but, uh, it, but there, are, there will be something where you where you, you will go. You know, let's say I don't know, fucking something that Disney are going to release in. Let's say let's say this is all a big success for them, and they go fucking um, Death and the Nile, and they go right, oh that's coming out, but it's going to be fucking instead of that, it's going to. Um, we're going to release it on premium access. And then you go out and you go, right, well, I've got this on, I've got this on, it's fucking snowing and it's horrible. Bollocks to it. I'll just get it on that. Yeah. Yeah, no quite. Way, no way in hell I'm not seeing that. No, I, I, I but yeah, just a general line. Yeah, yeah. Generalisation. Mm. When it's shit outside and it's not exactly pleasant to have to And, and we're in, a, we're in a, a very good position ourselves because... We have Cineworld cards, and it is it's a five minute drive or a mm. ten minute walk from our house. We can literally see it from our house. Mm. Mm. So, Ian, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the other release date changes are going to be around all this stuff now, though, because you bet there will be some. Yeah, oh, but there, there will be. But I think now it's not a putting stuff back for fear of people not being able to go to the cinema, it's putting stuff back to work out where there is, where, how everybody can get a good enough slice of the pie. This is, I mean, I just like, I'd be, it would be interesting to see if anybody else now goes, July 9th, Black Widow also available in, like on Disney Plus. Uh, maybe we will give that a go in the cinema that day then. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they'll all be, uh, all be scared. I, you know, who's to say? But I think Top Gun's due around then. Suicide Squad. Is that not July? 
Or is that August? July, I think, isn't it? I think that they're, they're just very keen to be seen to be doing the right thing, aren't they? And if people, there are a lot of people that are still nervous. You know, it's it's really weird for for us because obviously Mark's been back to work when when the shop was open. He was in there. I've been working back in the office since May the twelfth, and you know. Yeah, we're we're closed now, but we're still there and we're still mixing. We're still out in the world, and it's. And then you you hear people that are like, "I've not been anywhere except the supermarket in a year, and I've not," blah blah blah, and it's it's like, "God, wow, yeah, there's people like that," and it it will be kind of nerve wracking getting back out into the world for people like that that are in that situation. Not like people like that. I'm not being disparaging, but people that are in that situation that have just worked from home all the way through it and didn't take advantage of the relaxation of the eased restrictions over the summer and stuff like that. One interesting one that doesn't seem to get mentioned there in all of that. Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah. That's That's still just like July 30th. Yeah, I mean, I think that would work, though. You've got Jungle Cruise July 30th. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll probably just stick that in the cinema. Um, and unless they, they are weird that, that, that they seem to have more faith in Jungle Cruise that that can just survive the cinema on its own than Black Widow and Cruella. I wonder. The thing is, I wonder now, and you know, we will move away from this in a second. But one of the interesting things about this is Disney have apparently. I've just been doing a little bit of reading. Disney have said that Raya and the Last Dragon was a success on Disney Plus Premier Access, but haven't released any numbers because they don't need to release any numbers. There's this whole thing now about them being able to control the message. Yeah. You know, like if, if, if the stuff's on Disney plus as well, they can say, well, uh, you know, this only made $30 million in, in the, the, the opening weekend, but, but, oh, it, it did some really good numbers on Disney plus, And they're not going to need to say, what those numbers are because you know when they're kind of like declaring like profits and all that kind of stuff they can bundle it all up you know um they can say like revenue from disney plus was x and they don't need to say 20 percent of this was black widow 15 percent of this was ryan the last dragon they don't need to do you know any of that shit um so you know which is perturbing you know it's like you don't really uh, like you don't really get a sense of what has been successful or an idea of whether something is going to necessarily get a sequel if it does well enough, because we're not going to know how well it's done. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's not a future I'm very keen on as you can, as you can, you can tell. Um, but at the same time, regardless, if Disney and Fox films in a few years, basically barely play cinemas because Disney are happy with Disney plus, there will still be plenty of other content in cinemas because, you know, Universal and Paramount and whatnot and Warners will be perfectly happy with, yeah, all right, then you can have a 30 day exclusive run in the cinema. You know, we'll get a nice chunk of change from that. And then we can charge £15 for a 48 hour rental. That's a that's a nice business model. That's a good compromise business model for this day and age. You know, and Disney will be like, yeah, you know, we'll let cinemas show all this and blah, blah, blah. But then cinemas may well be like, well, it's not really worth my fucking while. You know, yeah. it's it. And if the Marvel 
train does start slowing down you know are disney gonna you know gonna be coming back with their their tail between their legs you know um that that, that's the thing these for these movies to work there have to be events for them to be events Mm. there has to be Mm. buzz for there to be buzz people have to actively go out and, and and see them you run the risk and as well not see them all at once you run the risk of it being 24 hours and gone mm. that that's it dude that's exactly it if it's just content yeah you know i mean it's like godzilla versus kong next week i'm looking i'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely i'm actually looking forward to godzilla versus kong the early word on it is the fights are in daytime you can actually see what they're doing which automatically makes it better than king of the monsters so i'm intrigued to see what we get there but that is gonna be all over twitter that weekend and then it's gonna be gone yeah you know and 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 that's what all this disney plus stuff is is going to be it's not gonna be out there it's not you know it's it, it does make it feel less of, a, of an event, like you say. And it's like I've been saying all along with this stuff. It makes stuff just content. And that's yeah. not the way to do things. And I feel that Disney may, you know, if they do go down this this particular road hardcore, I feel like they, they will regret it. Maybe not in a year's time, but five years down the line. May well be. Yep. Yeah. Um. Ian. Mm. Aspect ratios. <laughs> oh fuck me. Right, okay. Yeah, alright, so this yeah, I guess this is tied into streaming, isn't it? So um right. Yep. Another fucking thing about streaming content, right? I will say, this isn't every streamer at all. This is aimed at Disney Plus. So Donna and I were watching William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet on Star the other day. All right. It's in HD. It's not 4K. It looks fine. That's fine. Not expecting miracles. Get a few minutes in. There is a shot of a car pulling up, stops, and then suddenly the picture stretches out. I paused it. Straight away, looked over at Donna. I was just like, I'm not fucking watching this. She was like, what? I was like, right, Siri, rewind 20 seconds. Look. Pause it. She's like, what? It's like, it's gone, it's stretched out, Don. Has it? Yes, 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 it has. Um, can, can, can you can, can you relate yeah, on this one, Becky? To be fair, Mark showed me the clip that you sent him and I went... What? Guess that ratio's changed. Did you sit? No. It's not the film. It's not the film, then. Right, so this is the thing. This took me back to my days of watching films on TV, you know, in my youth. Say, like, the start of Raiders of the Lost Ark, for some reason, is a particular one for me, where while the opening titles are on, it will show it in scope with the black bars at the top of the bottom. And as soon as they're done, it goes pan and scan. Yeah. 
and that's essentially what what they did here. Now, Disney Plus, they they fucking own the, like wrote that William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. They own it, and they can't be asked to put the right version on it. But who can? Fucking Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime as well, and it's and, in the right aspect ratio all the way through. And Amazon Prime are the are literally the streamers who show the least interest in their own product. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a, baffling. It is fucking baffling. So again, this whole kind of like con, this whole fucking content thing is. Not only is it just here you go, shit munches, it's here you go. We don't particularly care about the content. Just there you go. It's in the wrong aspect ratio. I don't care. Why do you care? Yeah, it's. And yes, it, it, well, I mean, it, it, is it a picky thing? Well, no, actually, it's not. You know, I tweeted Baz Luhrmann saying, have you seen what they've done to your beautiful boy? He hasn't got back to me, the fucker. But I bet he's fuming. And it, it's this is the thing, right? When a film comes out on physical media, they at least take the time, 99% of the time, basically 100% of the time now, to put them out in the right aspect ratio. You know, like the, the boutique labels and whatnot, if they do, I, I know there was a problem with the Akira 4K in the US, and they were like, right, we are going to do a disc replacement program. You know, and that that that's the great thing about well, it's the one silver lining about physical media dying is the ones who are still in in the game give way more of a shit, which is fantastic. But this, I like, it was just what are they doing? They own the content, and they just obviously don't care what fucking version they're putting out. And it's like um, Jordan had um, a problem with his iTunes version of Kill Bills one and two, mm. where they weren't in the right aspect ratio and he, he you know he got he got a refund fair play itunes weren't like fuck you we got your money now they were like yeah all right then fine here's your money back but i, I mean it just that's a real concern for me going forward you, you know and it, it's i like that christopher nolan is so nah if you want all the imax framing and all that shit you've got to buy the physical media version i i like that he does that and it, not all directors do that. Apparently Wonder Woman 1984, it's got the aspect ratio changes on the digital version. Uh, for, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout th- does that as well. So like I say, it's not every single one. But it 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 just... It's so annoying that there's such a lack of care with such an, ob- I don't know, obvious fucking thing as well. Just show it in the right aspect ratio for fuck's sake. Because the normal one apparently is because it, he asked the question if it's on streaming services, is the the IMAX framing going to be there? Uh, and the the answer apparently he got back was that's up to the streaming service whether or not oh, they put God. that version on or not. So his response was don't give him that option because he didn't he didn't want the idea of it being up to them whether or not they bothered. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean that that's it. And it, you know, it's just it's so I don't know. I mean I know you guys don't like him as much as I do. Wes Anderson, you know. The the idea of a Wes Anderson film 
being subjected to that with like how fucking precise his use of the frame is you know um it that that would that would really really fucking depress me and i you know i mean i'm i'm you know i'm not saying about uh, you know baz lerman's a hack or anything like that of course i'm not you know it, it just it, it would depress me if somebody like a nolan like an anderson you know uh, if, is, if that happened to them it just, I, oh, I, I do get the me. feeling though that it, that let's say because Barcelona is actually tweeting like two years but let's say he went do you know what I've been working on this Elvis move for two years now <laughs> right and it's my first holiday I've had first few days I've had I might just I might reactivate my Twitter got it out and looked at it and went who's this what the fuck Disney Plus and then it's gone, right, I've got Disney Plus. I'll have to check. And I went, what the fuck? Because the thing is, when you have heard directors talk about streaming services, mm. it, the weird thing is, this is the little shit that they pick up on that they don't yeah. like. Like, for instance, um, Tarantino was saying that he doesn't he, he doesn't have Netflix because he doesn't like have he doesn't like the fact that um, you can skip the credits. Um, and he doesn't like that, so he doesn't have it because that isn't how he wants to watch. What is it? Um, well, to be fair, Edgar not. Wright was spoken about the fact that he doesn't like the fact that you can play movies at um, double speed on Netflix, and that he that it, it bothers him that people might watch Shaun of the Dead at double speed for some reason. Um, that bit where they're like beating. Like a zombie, yeah. Tuna Queen would be funny at double speed. But it, you know, and it was it was interesting listening. Uh, what is it? Talk about that. Um, like um, Michael Mann. As I remember seeing it with Michael Mann, where he said that if he's ever in a hotel, and um, probably not as much now, but this was this was about 10, 15 years ago. Mm. He said if there's one of his movies on like the, the the box office thing in the hotel, he'll always order it because he wants to check to see if they're showing it in the right aspect ratio. Who was that? Or, sorry. Uh, Michael Mann. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or look at the fact that, um, you know, the, it, it, in film circles, what often goes around is the um, projectionist notes that uh, David Lynch used to put in. Yeah about things like um, what the sound has to be and where where the framing has to be for Mulholland Drive is quite a famous one. Mm. So the framing has to purposely be slightly off for it to work. Right. And it's just like, it's... The person who's made this puts an, puts an effort into these things and they're there for a reason. They're chosen for a reason. The cinematographer works within that. Um, and then you know, I, I, for instance, I watched a a, a thing about uh, with Rob Richardson, uh, and he talks about how they actually ended up shooting um, the Hateful Eight in seventy mil IMAX, in seventy mil um, cinemascope, and it was literally they didn't that wasn't Tarantino's idea. That was they just f- happened to find some lenses at Panavision and were like holy shit, what are those? Yeah, yeah. And so, without telling Tarantino, when they were doing some testing for it, shot it on those lenses as well as the 35 mil, and then went, hey, Quinton. And then literally didn't <laughs> actually tell him, sat him down in the screening thing, 
and then when they hit play, the uh, the curtains pulled out more, and Tarantino was like, "What the shit is this?" <laughs> and then he was genuinely like excited and going, "Oh my god, we can do this!" You know, it's it, it, it's interesting though. Um, the, the 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 kind of the, the the way that aspect ratios are used. Um, I'm finding now quite a lot of. Um, like Netflix content and whatnot. And actually, funnily enough, the um, Wonder Woman 1984 uh, IMAX sequences kind of seem like they're shot in this as well. It was this um, Vittorio Storaro um, who did, um, he, he, he shot the bird with the crystal plumage and he, he did something for Coppola as well. I want to say he shot Apocalypse Now, if I'm honest. Um, but he proposed uh, in like the 70s this... Um, uh this aspect ratio called univisium where it was and his idea was essentially hey films are shot in scope tv shot in pan and scan why doesn't everyone just shoot in this like compromise one which is essentially a uh, aspect ratio of two to one and it's like i'd I'd even i'd even take that like if they're going to say like in in the future Fair enough, you know, like, let's just all agree, agree on a fucking standardised format or something like that, you know, and we promise that we will show this correctly all the time. Then I'd, you know, I'd, I'd almost take that. But it, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I, it, 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 I just thought that was interesting. He proposed that, like, literally, like, 30, 40 years ago. And it's almost like the kind of thing that people are coming around, around to now. It's, bit of trivia as much as anything else but you know it's interesting i mean like he's he's pretty much fully cancelled now but woody allen one fucking thing about him he had it in his like essentially in his contract that any presentation of his earlier films would be done in in the correct aspect ratio like he said that all along and you don't necessarily think of woody allen as a particularly visual director i mean manhattan's got you know got his moments but um well, I, funnily enough uh vittorio uh, storaro's um woody allen's uh, dlp now isn't he <laughs> oh is he okay well yeah i mean that, that, that i don't know it's funny how that uh, links up it's almost like it's a simulation mark um but, <laughs> um, uh, but um yeah no it, it's um uh, uh, yeah I, I i don't know it just yeah if if we were just going to compromise now and go look to shoot and everything two to one, and but we'll we'll do it we'll we'll present everything properly, that'd be fine. But it's just I don't know, man. If I was Baz Luhrmann and I saw that on Disney Plus, I would be like, what the fuck? It's a shame. It's just it, it's 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 a shame. But hey, you know, Christopher McQuarrie and Tom uh, and Tom Cruise are going to give us Mission Impossible Seven it, like towards Christmas time, and they're going to be like, no fuck you you're seeing this in the fucking cinema fuck <laughs> you yeah can you imagine that can you can you imagine that so sitting down going tom we've got this great nope mm. <laughs> oh no but it's a nope nope i will literally i will burn the film yeah quite <laughs> um ian what trailers have you been watching have you been watching any i don't think i've seen a one i've seen one that's it. So I'll, I'll quickly say what it is, uh, if I can remember what it is. Uh, it was uh, Concrete Cowboy. Oh, I didn't see the trailer. For this. So this is on Netflix a week Friday. Yeah. 
Idris Elba directed? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, looks really good. Nice. Heavy. Great. Looks Great. heavy. Um, oh, concrete is quite heavy. Going in there with all the energy of a comatose patient. Becky, I respect it. <laughs> Stop looking at me like you're so disappointed um, in me. But yeah, it, 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 I, I was... I kind of put the trailer on top of watched our trailer, uh, and then actually found myself going, "All right, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm in with this. I'm for this." What about the urban cowboy subculture in North Philadelphia? Yeah, it's, it's like a whole thing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, but mm. it, it looks, it looks good. I could be an urban cowboy. No, I you can, couldn't. I can ride horses and wear hats. I look really good in hats. Fair enough. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. That. Um, should we review a fucking movie? Do it. Hello, Ninja. 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 Hello, 아이고, pretty boy, pretty boy, pretty boy. I'm not pretty, I'm good looking. Not available on any streaming services <laughs> is Lee Isaac Chung's Minari, which we've all seen. <clears throat> Minari. Uh, sorry. So it stars uh, Stephen Yuen, uh, Han Yi Rai, uh, Yun Yu Young, uh, Will Patton. Uh, and I'm going to do my thing of reading the IMDb synopsis. Can you say Minari uh, again, please, mate? Minari. Minari. What? What's wrong with that? I'm desperately trying to not pronounce things wrong. It's not, I mean, no, no, it's, like, it's fairly simple. It's, it's not you, you the poshest you've ever said anything. <laughs> right. So I've just got the synopsis. It's long. On IMDb. And it is, a Korean family starts a farm in 1980s Arkansas. Oh, there's a long one there. There's a long one there. I'm just saying, the top one, that is literally it. I mean, to be fair, that is literally it. Um, <laughs> yeah. On that note, Becky. Manari. Manari. This feels yes. like your strepo mark. Sorry, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? There's, there's bits about it. That I, I really loved. It's it's well acted. It's beautifully shot. The the characters are great. Um, grandma is awesome. Yeah. But uh, it just it really rubbed me up the wrong way with the ending and what the message that I took out of the movie. Yes. What um, message do you take out at the end of it, Bex? Because I think I'm there with you. The the message that I, I I don't know. I've been feeling kind of bleak when you guys were talking about the um, cinemas reopening and getting all over excited the other day. My brain just kept going, "Won't fucking happen though, will it?" But anyway, um, it, the 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 message from it that I got was, "Don't try." Don't strive to better yourself. It'll all come crashing down and it'll ruin your fucking life. Just stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, good. It wasn't just me being a miserable cow then. 
It's and it's the fact that like the the wife is almost just painted as a fucking misery, and it's she like. But I mean, it, it it is. I don't know. It's weird because it is like stay in your lane, but also, but you're not going to be particularly happy staying in your lane because you want to do more, but your wife won't let you. I don't know. I just thought that was such a weird. And mm. I, I think it kind of centers in the end on a bit like focus on your family, do right by those around you. I think um, that's what it was going for, but it, that, that wasn't that wasn't the message yeah. I took from it. No, I agree with that. Sorry, but sorry, I, I just I thought that was interesting because I've not heard like anyone say that, but I was fit. I I thought that after watching it. So no, sorry, I just thought that was interesting. I just really wanted it to fucking pan out for them, and then Grandma burns the barn down, and then wanders off, and it's like, yeah, it just just stay in your fucking lane. It it it, it just it made me feel really kind of flat after it, and really like. Oh, even even cinemas telling us we can't we can't ever better our lives. Thanks, Minari. <laughs> Do you know what? But I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not a really fucking well made film and a really well performed film because it is. It's just it, the message of it felt really bleak to me, and that's just not what I fucking need right now. Yeah. Well, I, with the place I am with it is, I give it four out of five. On Letterboxd. Mm. So it's an 8 out of 10 movie. And I genuinely believe it's an 8 out of 10 movie. Mm. But I will A, never watch it again. B, the story is so flimsy. Mm. I think the performances are all good. I don't think any of them are exceptional. I'm. The, I, I really like the little boy in it, and I really like the grandma in it. I thought the grandma w- w- was good. I didn't like the little boy, but that's because I don't like children. You don't like children. Um, and honestly, the, the grandma should have beaten the living hell out of him for feeding her piss. <laughs> that was funny though. <laughs> um, I like the fact that she's the, the, the grandma is almost like I respect that. Yeah, there is yeah there is a little bit of that, isn't that? Um, I want to play cards with grandma. There's a, there's you a, call me a bastard. There's a story behind that. <laughs> yeah. In there, there's that. That is a different. That is a, the Monari two that I want to see. The Monari two Arkansas grind. Yeah. <laughs> is what I want to see. Oh, like amazing. Grandma. Yeah. It's just all, all the grandpas <laughs> had to come. Had to come to fucking to Arkansas because literally she's on the run from because uh, of her gambling debts in Korea traumatised you by telling you what happened to male chicks, didn't I? Yeah, you fucking did. That was, I, 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 that was horrific. Thanks for that imagery. <laughs> the bit where she was practising at home and you was like, what? What's she dipping them in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, there was a lot of moments like that for me. Um, Will Patton in a, in a performance where I can't work out if he's really good or really bad. And it straddles a line because you keep thinking that something's going to tip you over, that something's going to happen with his character. But it doesn't. It all kind of just travels along at this um, at this kind of like weird pace. Yeah. Uh, it, you keep expecting something to happen. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's what it because it, it looks really good. 
and it's well performed, mm. but nothing really unexpected happens. The most unexpected thing that happens is they're driving back from church, and you go, "Is that Will Pan carrying a cross?" And that's it. And, it, and, and, and yeah, it is Will Pan carrying a cross. It's it's so weird though because I I get I get what you guys what you guys are saying and it kind of feels like no one has had a bad word to say about this film and I think it's just for me it was a four out of five as well you know I think it's I, I think it's well acted I think Stephen Ewan getting a best actor nomination feels a little bit like a makeup for the fact that he got so overlooked for Burning um and also i i don't know there's i i I, we're gonna talk about a film in a minute where yeah i i I like Stephen ewan um and i think he's a very good actor he should not be getting an oscar nomination for this over over someone else we're going to be talking out about in a bit Spoiler alert, Robert De Niro, War with Grandpa. But um, I mean, I'd agree with that as well. <laughs> um, but at, at the same time, I'm OK with him having a nomination because he's Stephen Ewan. Yeah. Um, but it, it's I think Grandma Minari is fantastic. Her and, you know, I think I kind of mentioned this almost like in passing when I t- talked about Minari on the show before. But it's the transition from full of life respects kids literally feeding her piss mountain dew obsessed card player to she has a stroke and it's just like the life's completely gone out of her she plays those two ends really well and she's so likable and so warm before the stroke that it just it it it, it is like quietly devastating and I don't think the film necessarily cranks the gears on that. I think it's just it, it's very matter of fact. I, I I think she's great. And if she won Best Supporting Actress, it'd be like, yeah, cool that she kind of was the engine of the film. And like like you say, Mark, it looks great as well. But it just I uh, I can't help but feel that in a normal year, this wouldn't this wouldn't be getting a look in because oh it just it doesn't necessarily hang in the memory all that much apart from individual bits like i would struggle i struggle now to recall really a single moment where stephen ewan was like blimey you know no there isn't one again an actor that i like yes there isn't one I, I, and and people will say, oh, but that's because it's not it's not trying to be showy. It's more naturalistic, which I can I can absolutely see people's point with that. But but, I, but it, there's not even anything. It's it, it's a very passive performance, mm-hmm. but not in a, not that that's not a to take anything away from it. It's a very good performance. But it's not. I watched it going right. So where's this this energy that everyone else is getting? And maybe I'm just missing it. No, yeah, I just I, I, I don't know. It's weird. I just don't. I, I I don't think you are. You know, it's 
he's got you know he's got that quiet determination and kind of like his mix of hopefulness but also i do not want to be a failure but i think there's also an an argument to say you've seen that before and he's not doing anything that particularly elevates that role there's there's also a a a veiled smugness to him as well Mm. um to the character to the character yeah Yeah. not 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 the actor but uh, to the to the character um Whereby, you know, you've got the bit where the, um, at the start, where the guys try to essentially say, look, uh, with the, the downing rods, they're called? Divine. Divining rod, yeah, that's yeah. it. Try to find the well, he's like, oh, you know, Americans, they, you know, do this, but Koreans, we think with our heads. Fucked that up, didn't they? And, and it's like, right, but it didn't quite work. Now, I'm not saying that the American guy who was clearly trying to shyster him a little bit was, was more right, but it's just, it didn't work for him. And then his next split wasn't to go, ah, oh, shit, that didn't work. It was to just essentially... Just start paying for it. Yeah. You didn't even try again to find any. You know, it, 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 it is an, an, there's an oddness to that movie. I, I, I really liked it. I like my time with it. It is like almost all movies too long. Um, but there's just... I don't know. There's just something that didn't click with me. But it's still a, but I can't give it anything lower than a four out of five. No. Because if I give it like a three and a half, so seven out of ten, I'd be like, well, no, it's better than that. This is this is it. It's so odd. It's such an odd movie. Mm. I, I I wonder if you just saw it without knowing that it'd been nominated for like six, six Oscars and all that kind of stuff. Like, whether that stuff wouldn't necessarily bother you as much. Like, I think four out of five would probably still be the overall rating. Yeah, but, but, maybe, yeah, but maybe I'd just go, oh, it was good, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, that, five, yeah. Five. That, that's exactly, like you say, I'll, ne- I'll never watch Minari again. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Lee Isaac Chung does next. Absolutely, because you know, there's, there's some great shots in it. Yeah. The score's good. Yep. There's not enough of the score, I don't think. Yeah. The, score, the start where the film starts and they're driving towards the where the farm is and you've got and the, the scores I was like, all right, this score is fucking great. And then it it just it it doesn't quite it it, it peaks then and then it, it it kind of floats around a little bit for the rest of it. And it got it got nominated for best original score. Has um, yeah. yeah. I I I'd be fine with it with it with it winning to be honest. I think well I, I think what else is nominated. Score, Soul, Mank, The Five Bloods. Um, it's not my it's not my favourite score of the year by by a distance, but I but it, it's up there. News the world. News the world been nominated. Yeah. All right, we'll come with that. Um, but yeah, Dominari, it, it it's definitely not shit. Yeah. But he's the most low energy four out of five I think I've ever given. <laughs> totally fair that. I, I I'm I'm exactly there. I mean it's kind of relieving hearing hearing you guys say all this because it's like I kind of thought and you know, I'm not out there on Twitter going, I'm an Ari wasn't that good, blah blah blah. You know, if it wins a couple of Oscars, it'd be like, Yeah, all right, then fine, it's a good film, you know. But it just it's for for a small film 
backed by like a, like a, a distributor like A24, there's got to be real passion for the film to really rise above. I'm surprised. I'm surprised there was that level of passion for Minari and not for something like The Five Bloods. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's a really odd one. I you know I I wish all all in it the best of luck. Absolutely. But if it wins, it'll be a little bit like really, really. And the the, the thing is, it, it it is a little bit of a contender for best picture because everybody yeah. likes it. Yeah, that's it. It, it, it could win because it could be everyone's fourth favourite movie on that list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, I mean, that, that, yeah. that is the problem with the way that it works. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that that's exactly it. Um, also, did we did we say at the start that we're doing an award season catch-up and it was voted for by listeners? We didn't, know. We just really went into it with Black Widow, didn't we? Yeah. Because that was it. It was voted for by listeners, so you 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 voted for us to do Minari um, and and News of the World. Actually, yeah, that was quite cool. That I mean, the, the list of feedback. So yeah, you know, you you got you got Minari. You got a a really really lukewarm review of a movie that I think we all really quite liked. We, but looking looking back at that vote now, because it was quite tight between Minari and Nomadland in that one poll. So in the other poll, News of the World was the comfortable winner. Yeah. But in this one, it was Minari and Nomadland. Looking back on that now, are you like, I kind of wish Nomadland won? Or are you like, thank fuck Nomadland didn't win? A little bit, yeah. Hmm. You know you're gonna you're gonna have to watch Nomadland before Oscar weekend. You know that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we, we were watching it, but but yeah, but I was I was more up for watching Minari. I can't remember what, what else was in the poll. Um, oh Oops. god, in that section, I think the dig. Yeah. Uh, uh, Minari, Nomadland, the dig, and Les Mis. Yeah. And in the other section, it was News of the World, uh, Calm with Horses, the US versus Billy Holiday, and White Tiger. Uh, but weirdly, so I'm guessing we're all definitely not shit on Minari. Indeed. Well, that audience poll, definitely not shit 100%. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Which is fine because it is definitely not shit. It is out. It is one of the most definitely not shit movies. If you're sitting down to watch that movie, then you are you are going to get what you want out of it at the very least. It's it's in. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. No. I mean, I I literally I literally turned up went. Did I miss something? Did I fall asleep for ten minutes? Yeah, it does just end. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's emphatically definitely not shit. But you know, I watched it early in the year for like year end consideration, and it was just like nah. <laughs> but again, if it won, I mean, if it won best picture this year. I'd be like, yeah, all right, then fine. Yeah, I would, I, I, I'd be like, I'd be like, good on you, good on you, Minari. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, so yeah, so that was our honest. Um, hey Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. 
Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show or a franchise. A beloved franchise. Beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and I don't know, Smallville. Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroker vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you, you will not, not find, find that here. here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you, you will, will not, not find, find that, that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk Morning ladies. Really dude? Those yoga pants are going to be the death of me. Why do you do that? They think I'm cute. Yeah, cute like aren't all guys cute when they still think they have a shot. Hey, I'm a catch. You know, I got a full pension. Two more years I can ski free as a senior. You ski? No, I did not. Morning, beautiful morning. How you doing? Nice, nice. Next time, bring up the pension. The pre-skiing you'll never do. Oh. How's your daughter's place then? It's okay, I guess. She gave me my grandson's room. He's not too happy about it. He sent me this last night. Mm. 
taste the consequence. Whoa! How did you respond? I didn't. You're just gonna roll over on this? You gotta respond. Come on! Why, this kind of aggression shall not stand, Senpapai. I didn't know you were a Marine. I wasn't. Just saying. So, uh, going on to a film that, um, before we do out what we've been watching, um, a film oh, that you haven't watched, Becky, but me and Ian have for review. Which one? Um, <laughs> the War with Grandpa mm. is, what? Well, is directed by Tim Hill. Uh, stars Robert De Niro, uh, Uma Thurman, Rob Riggle, um, Cheech Marin, Jane Seymour, Christopher Walken, and some children. Um, and what does what does the IMDb plot? Upset that he has to share the room he loves with his grandfather, Peter decides to declare war in an attempt to get it back. Ian. Sorry, it's fair to say... That I am, I am, I am more the audience for this type of movie. But what did you make to the war with Grandpa? So, and it's mad cast. I what? Did you go? Wait, is that Uma Thurman? (laughs) Yeah, it's bizarre. This this cast, isn't it? it? It. it almost feels like a film that was shot during the pandemic because they didn't have anything else better to do. So they were able to get a weirdly, what's that person doing in this cast? But no, it was shot like three years ago. It was a Weinstein film that got caught up in the whole Me Too, um, which is fucking incredible. Um, So I watched this as part of a four film Saturday, which I'll get into uh, later on. Um, watched it with Donna and lots and you know Romeo and Juliet on Disney Plus isn't in 4k but the war with grandpa's in 4k on Amazon yeah, fuck's yeah. sake the good looking good looking transfer as well in all fairness good movie. yeah I, yeah yeah sure um I, I didn't you know I didn't I didn't hate it I mean spoiler alert it, it, it I think it's getting a definitely shit from me unless you talk me up but I, I, you know, I don't think it would be in my bottom 10 of the year or anything like that. I don't think it's an atrocity. Um, Lottie had a decent time with it, actually. It's hard to get her to pay attention, but she had a decent time. Donna, basically every single thing that Christopher Walken said, she really liked. She was laughing a lot. And, you know, there was quite a lot that I was as well. Um, But I don't know. My problem with the film is the fucking premise it's just the kids fucked. I mean, the kids are fucking twat. Like, yeah, your granddad's getting like coming to live with you. He needs your room because he can't get up an attic. Well, like easily because he's a granddad. Stop being a fucking arsehole. Um, and then he's like his friend characters are in it just enough to register, but too little for you to actually think like, oh, they're bringing something to it. Um, I just, um, I mean, it was, it was just a bit of a nothing experience to be honest. I'll say, I thought De Niro was, De Niro's not doing a Bruce Willis. He's not helicoptering in, getting a million dollars for two hours work and then fucking off. Like De Niro is there, and he's engaged and he's reading his lines with professionalism. 
you know, I, 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 I mean, that that's kind of all I've got, to be honest. Um, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a revelatory experience like Dirty Grandpa was. I'll say that. I mean, it's not at the level of Dirty Grandpa. No. It's not, but what is? Few things are. Few um, things are, indeed. Know, the, the, the underappreciated comedy of the past decade. Um, sure. <laughs> I really like the war with Grandpa. Of course you did. Yeah, good. Like shock. good. Shock horror. Of course I did. Um, I liked the, the kind of the idea that it was just this this kind of like thing that got out of control from them. Uh, that you know the kid yeah is being a dick but kids are dicks and are unreasonable um but i like the fact that it, it never gets it never gets kind of like nasty it just gets stupid <laughs> throughout yeah. it um the christopher walken just turning up and just just being like, like almost like he's in a different movie <laughs> Um, there was plenty of bits that I laughed at an awful lot. So, De Niro, Cheech Marin, and Christopher Walken turning up to essentially, essentially beat up uh, <laughs> his grandson's bully was brilliant. <laughs> and the fact that they're of how they're dressed, and then that they just put him in a in one of the the biffa bins around the back is I, I laughed heartily um the dodgeball sequence i i really enjoyed i was enjoying oh, that fucking hell so someone puts a kid in a bin and there's a dodgeball sequence of course you like it um, do they throw a wrench at anybody no but that kid stevie um one of the other friends i i, I also i disagree with you ian stevie's arc throughout the entire thing about his sister constantly coming in and embarrassing him was brilliant I mean, that's not an arc. It's a running joke. Fair enough, yeah. But I, I enjoyed that running joke about how he could be embarrassed. <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that he was clearly really fucking good at trampolining as well. Uh, good. Uh, also as well, Cheech Marin was right. Uh, sorry, Chris Walken was right. Cheech Marin should not have got thrown out because he'd been hit in the head and he shouldn't have been able to throw the ball at Cheech Marin. So actually, it wasn't a tie. De Niro signed one. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he should be allowed the room. That was that was that was just essentially this whole thing was because of a lax attitude of somebody who worked at that trampolining park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I had a good time with it. Um, I, I, I was hoping that at the end uh, that there'd be a, and I did check, there isn't, uh, that there would be a like a, a post-credit scene uh, of Rob Riggle have finally been allowed to use a chainsaw and it's just going oh, horribly that, wrong. That would have been good, yeah. That, yeah. That, it, it felt like they were setting that up and it never happened. Um, but it's it's based on like a a, like a, a, a kid's book from like the mid 80s mm-hmm. yeah um and i can, you can definitely see that it's got continuous jokes so the fact that everything keeps on the, the, the pranks they keep on playing on each other always seem to come back and bite the mother in the ass <laughs> and because of that she keeps on getting parking tickets keeps on getting um, traffic tickets 
but yeah, I, I, I had a good time. There is not that much to say about it. Um, <laughs> but had we been in normal times, I would have happily gone to see this on a Sunday morning before you got up, uh, Bex. You, you would have had to. So I would, I would have, I would have been very happy to, like I did with playing with fire, to have gone and seen this at half past nine on a Sunday morning with a coffee and a donut that I'd bought from like downstairs, uh, and, and I'd have been, I'd have been cool with that. That'd have been like a happy place for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not shit without <laughs> question. Me. Uh, I give it four out of five. I think it's better than <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. So, yeah. Because the way that I rate movies is how much did I enjoy it? Oh, uh, yeah. Alright, no. You know, I'm so, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You, no, you're quite, you're, you're quite right. You're quite right. I just, you know, I can't, I just thought it was quite flimsy. You know, but I, like I say, I don't hate it. Lord, is he Lord trying knows, other than that, though? I, well, no, but I, I don't think you can give it extra points because it's got a lack of ambition. No, but in the same thing as same breath as I don't think you can ever give if something has ambition but is shit, then your ambition was shit. What? What? I, I I've never understood it's, this when people will say, oh, you know, but at least it went for something. Did it achieve it? No. Then what's the fucking point? Uh, I, I, I'm not too sure about that. I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I think you you can give. I, I, I think there's you can give points for effort if the execution isn't quite there, you know. And but the thing is, if you don't give the effort, then is the execution going to follow? And and no, I mean, like, the thing is, though, this is this is subjective, isn't it? It's not objective. I'm not saying you're wrong. I 100%. I don't think you're trolling me. By saying I give it four out of five, I think it was a four out of five experience for you. Yeah. I'm I'm saying it was a two out of five experience for me, but I don't hate it. You know, I mean that that's the, and I think it's important to caveat that kind of. It's not, you know, if it took this, if it turned up in my bottom ten at the end of the year, we've had a decent year. I think I, I, I think that's just the difference in how how, how we'd rate things because if I rate them at two out of five, I have to dislike it. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, like, for me, it's bordering on touching cloth, which for me is a two. A touching cloth, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm quite, you know, if I give something a 2.5, it is touching cloth. If it's above that, it's definitely not shit. If it's below that, it's definitely shit. This, for me, two out of five. But like I say, it, you know, it, and it is genuinely bordering on touching cloth. You know, it, it I just... I, I do I wish I used that 90 minutes to watch something else yes but do I hate the fact that I spent 90 minutes watching it no but I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it and hey Mark we'll always have Dirty Grandpa we will it's a fucking great film we watch that. It, that, that film is a good film it is I'm looking forward to the next installment of uh, of of De Niro's grandpa's movies. I like the fact that the trivia on IMDb for this says that it is not related to the movie Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to be careful with that, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Becky, you've not spoke for a while. What have you been watching? What did I you watched- think of Zack Snyder's Justice League, Becky? Because obviously Mark and I already talked about it on the other podcast. 
What did you guys think? You know what I think. I know what you think. Yeah, really liked it. Not going to be harsh on your buzz. Don't worry. Good. I I honestly fucking loved it. The there was so it's so much fucking better than the Whedon one, and it makes me. I I've always kind of been with Whedon like. Yeah, he's a cunt, but at least he made Buffy. You know, at least he's done one good thing. I don't think I can, like... He's, he's proper, like, fucked, fucked me off with the with the, the cut and the hack job that he did on on the Snyder Cut. Um, well, obviously, on the film in general. Um, it looks better. The story's more cohesive. The characters are more well-developed, so you actually give a shit about them. That bit with the flash where he's running and turning back time and like literally the world is materializing around him as he puts his foot down every time was fucking awesome. Like it made me actually like really emotional because the 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 rest of his kind of stuff in it, a lot of people have commented that his dialogue in the Snyder Cut could easily have been in the Whedon Cut because he's he's very he's he's very much that kind of character anyway. Mm. Um, and he's just yes he does the bit when he brings Superman back to life and he goes really fast but a lot of his thing is just he goes really fast and then in, in this it's like fucking hell he can literally turn back time that's amazing and then everyone just materialises again it's it's like a proper high five fist pump moment I loved it I loved it and I intended to watch it again before tonight so that I could be more coherent about my love for it instead of just going fucking loved it but I didn't get time unfortunately do you know what I think judging by that we'll probably be talking about it a year end yeah Uh, I would think so yeah and hey when you get a PlayStation 5 physical it's getting a 4k physical release you're gonna you're gonna have to bite on that aren't you possibly yeah what the aspect ratio though lol well I (laughs) I think the physical release, he will blow it out for IMAX because he framed it for IMAX and I think he will do that for that release. That's confirmed now, isn't it? What? That he's doing the IMAX framing? Yes. Oh, fuck. I may as well just fucking jerk off right now. Becky, yeah, do you that, mind? That, that, I'm that, just going to knock yourself out. Did you know what I think I did love most about it, though? The musical changes that were made. <laughs> no, no. In in all fairness, right? I I need to give it another watch because, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I I I I really fucking like the second half of the film, and I wasn't as into it in that first half, and I would be really intrigued to see how I am on a rewatch because those musical choices are bothered me were in the first half um <laughs> but yeah I seem to be the only person who likes the film and doesn't like those choices and I'm ever so sorry Bex I know that this is your time do you guys mind if I just have a mini mini rant go nope, go ahead. okay the people on fucking Twitter who are like rabidly tweeting sarky shit about the Snyder Cut and like like basically tarring all people who like the Snyder Cut as being the same as the 
like weirdly obsessive people who are not exactly the nicest probably the nicest people overall it kind of i've seen some prominent film twitter people who frankly should know better really should know better going on and on about how much they don't like the snyder cut and tweeting about how the people who who like it are idiots and whatnot and it's like look I really, really like the Snyder Cut. I'm not going to be marching on Warner Brothers demanding that they, you know, release the Snyderverse and all that shit, you know. But don't... That work, do you reckon? They've come out and said it's not going to happen. But I think a lot of that is Zack Snyder is basically... He doesn't want it to happen. Oh, God, I want that sequel that's teased at the end of that movie so badly it hurts. Yes, yes. But at least, at least we got that tease. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I think, I think that that short film that we get at the end is better than the movie that we would have got. And right, just on a slightly different note for a second, well, two things actually. How, how can Jared Leto play the Joker like that in that, and then be so bad? Because I don't think he's bad. In what is it? Do you think it's just hacked to in, shit in Suicide as well? Squad? I think I think it, it's not quite presented in the way that it was supposed to be. Mm. He and, is I, fucking terrifying. And also, as well, coming into what Ian was saying there and what you said there, I do think it's quite good the fact that that David Ayer's come out and gone. I don't want to do the Ayer cut. Stop asking for it. You've got a new <laughs> Suicide Squad movie out soon. Let's look forward to that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, it just there is a there is one particular very prominent critic who I personally like, and he's helped me before, but sh- really should do better. He's like, and th- th- there are others. There are others as well. But I do like that the new generation of film critics that are coming out there, the Fade to Black podcast, Amon Warman, Clarice Lowry, and uh, Hannah Flint, um, they reviewed the Justice League. Two of them didn't like it. One of them did like it. None of them necessarily saying, but people who liked it are idiots. Older. There are some older critics on film Twitter who are falling into if, you know, people who like this film are idiots, which is not the way, not the way to do things. It's not the way to do things. Why can't people just let people like what they fucking like? Quite. Because unfortunately now the the medium of of Twitter, we've said it before, is not for telling people what you like. It's for telling people what you don't like and why other people shouldn't like it. I just it just really fucking you know I know I give you grief for fucking liking some real shit. I mean some real shit. Well, I still love you. I don't. I don't like. I'm not mean to you about it. I just highlight that you like shit. Like what? <laughs> Paulie Shaw. Um, you leave Paulie Shaw. Paulie Shaw alone. Yeah. Anyway, back back to what I was saying before. His iteration of Joker in this is is really scary, like really menacing, and that laugh is fucking great. Um, 
the other thing I was going to say was um, someone's put up on Twitter like a side by side of the um, Martha going to see Lois sequences in both films yeah yeah and it really does just highlight how much Whedon's version looks like a cheap fucking tv show and tonally as well it's just it's completely like it's like he's just not got what they were going for with the scene at all or giving a shit or giving a shit yeah Mm. so yeah very much liked will definitely watch again despite the fact that it's four right oh that's another point it did not feel four hours long no it 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 it, it, it didn't but it felt epic yeah but it didn't feel like a four-hour movie a lot of the time you're there like oh god i wish they'd taken this section out this is really baggy this is really boring i, I didn't i didn't get any of that from this you did make a lot of jokes at one woman's expense yeah. oh fucking hell did you know that she actually knew his pilot one yeah literally <laughs> oh one woman's coming she's gonna tell him about that pilot yeah, yeah it is yeah she could do with not wrap it in on yeah um, she's like she's like she's like vegans or somebody who likes rugby <laughs> yeah oh god but yeah two thumbs up five out of five fucking loved it film of the year <laughs> What else have you watching, Becky, on your own? I haven't watched anything else on my own. What the fuck? I know. What the fuck? Ian, what have you been watching? What have you been oh. watching on your own, Ian, without us? Wow, we. I wasn't... You're uh, not prepared. I, I, I wasn't expecting that, guys. Sorry. Um, oh, well, I, I, no, I, I no, can, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I've got my list. Sorry, I just wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, we got, I've, I've got a lot. <laughs> Do we... Oh, okay. Well. I will end on the one... I'll end on Atlantis. Yay. Kind of like merge on over. Um, okay, so started my um, Godzilla re rewatches. I'm not going through the old Toho Godzillas because there's fucking shitloads of them, but I am doing the Hollywood Godzillas. So I watched uh, the Roland Emmerich 98, I want to say. Well, yeah, 98, I'm going to go with Godzilla, um, which is on Netflix in 4K. So I um it was funny I started watching it on Now TV and I was like hmm Sony like you know because this is how my mind works Sony like putting out their stuff on 4K on Netflix I wonder and I had a look and there we fucking go there it was so looks all right as well it's not um it's not HDR but it looks good um so right I remember this being you know, like when you're a kid and you go to the cinema and every single film, you're pretty much like, yeah, that was good. I I enjoyed that. That was good. And then there's that one film that you go and see and it's like. I, I'm not not really sure I like that. I, I, I'm not really sure I, that, that was good. What the fuck? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But my. My, my 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 major go-arounds with that were The Lost World Jurassic Park, which was I, th- the most excited I think I'll ever be in my life was pre The Lost the Lost World Jurassic Park. I was so fucking excited for that. I mean, like Jurassic Park, if it wasn't for a Jurassic Park, I wouldn't be doing this podcast now. Um, like, holy fucking shit was I excited for that. And at the end of it, I was like, uh, yeah, I think. I, I think that was good. And 
I don't think I watched the Lost World Jurassic Park again for a good chunk of time because I didn't I, I just didn't want to accept it. Um, Godzilla was kind of a similar thing for me where it was like I knew that it was from the guy who did Independence Day. It was like Independence Day fucking ruled because I was like, I mean, Independence Day does rule. I don't know why I'm, I'm hunting that Independence Day fucking rules. But I was 12 when it came out, you know, or like 13. It's like, that is prime, holy fucking shit age, you know. Um, so Godzilla, it was just, I was so excited for it. And then just, nah, nah, that really wasn't that good, was it? Um, and the thing is, for the first hour or so, I'm thinking... Fucking hell, like I must have been in misery when I was 14 or something because, like, this film slaps. <laughs> you, you know, it's great how quickly Godzilla makes landfall in New York in that film. I think it's about 20 25 minutes until you've got the old man fisherman, and this was basically the teaser trailer the, the, the old man fishing. He's like, Oh, I've got something, it's big. And then it's coming for him and he's running as it's like demolishing the like the, the walkway. Um and, and then that that like next half hour, forty-five minutes or so where he's just like, Well, she is in New York. It's like this is fucking amazing. Why, why, why was I such a dick about this? And it's like, oh yeah, the next hour. Where <laughs> um, you know it's it basically turns into like the end of Jurassic Park where the raptors are in there with them, but half as as effective and like five times as long. And then, you know, you've got another bit with Godzilla at the end. Because, I mean, it's a film called Godzilla, and for half of the film, you kind of think Godzilla's dead. Or you're made to think Godzilla's dead. And, yeah. 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 Um the trend of casting like unlikely geeky person as action hero question mark you know nicholas cage in uh the rock uh jeff goldblum in independence day matthew broderick in godzilla doesn't quite work out but i uh, i i heard recently someone describe john reno as a human embodiment of a cigarette and, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Again, he is an incredibly French man. And Mark, that that come that that comes from the Blank Check podcast, which, for the love of God, if if you haven't listened to any of those, you you should. I, I think you'd enjoy them. Listen to one, and if you don't enjoy it, fair enough. But yeah, and, and Bex as well. I don't know why I'm just saying uh, Mark, but the, the, the human embodiment of a cigarette. You know, that's just an incredible way of describing that man. Um. But yeah, I just ah, I really, really like the first hour of Godzilla. And Don, you think Godzilla like kind of slaps, don't you? Like it's a good time. From what I remember. From what you remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheesy. She yeah, but but I mean that that but when it when it just turns into Jurassic into Jurassic Park. Oh, okay, fair enough. No, uh, uh, Don was saying that she remembered quite quite enjoying it, and it's like from the first half of it, yeah, 
100% there. Just that second half, you know. But um, I used to enjoy fans a lot more for I learned to properly dissect them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she's out, mic drop, and she's out. Um. <laughs> wow, we. Um, yeah, no fair play. She got me there. Um, but no, um, you know, I'm going to do Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island in the next week or so. Um, and I think this will probably be the one that I enjoy most that has got Godzilla in the title. <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go a bit quicker through the, through the other ones. Um, so... Friday night, Disney Star Watch. Casanova. You guys ever seen this? Yes, I have, yeah. So, directed by Lasse Hallstrom. Yeah. 2005 film starring Heath Ledger as Casanova. And, frankly, it's like two hours of Heath Ledger being a cheeky chappy. <laughs> yep. Like, shagging about, getting a blowjob from a young Natalie Dormer, um, and falling in love with Sienna Miller. And, to be honest, if you think, yeah, that sounds like a good time, it'll be at least a three out of five for you. You know, that's all it is. It's and like literally... There's a really good term from Oliver Platt as well, isn't there? Oh, God, he's great. He's really good. Because, no, no like you think that he's going to be like the... the Almost like the impediment. Like, he's going to be the antagonist. And then, no, he's actually just like a really nice guy who does just want love. And it's... Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um... It is a nothing film. It is a nothing film. But there's a lot to be said for nothing films when you're in the right mood. And it was fine. I mean, like, literally, we were just scrolling through Disney Star. I looked at Casanova and Donna was just like, Heath Ledger, Casanova. Yeah, all right, then. You know, and it's like that. that, I mean, that that's I mean, I imagine the producer literally went to the board of Miramax or whatever like Harvey Weinstein just sat there and he just writes Heath Ledger Casanova equals money and Harvey Weinstein just goes is he in the public domain it, it, yes. literally, it literally will have been it's Knight's Tale but he's Casanova and we don't have to pay any money for, for the property yeah yeah, all right, it's $50 million. Go on then. That That's it. And it's fine. It is it is the most three out of five, a three out of five is ever three out of five. But yeah. that's absolutely fine. Um, okay, I... I watched The Vigil, which is on Netflix. Um... It's a Blumhouse produced one that got a theatrical over here last summer when when the cinemas were open and whatnot. And I I do wish I took the time to see it. So 
Uh, Jason Blum executive produced this one, but it is still a Blumhouse. Um, so it, 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 it's kind of like craft legacy uh, realms of involvement, I think, here. But it, it, it's an interesting one. It's a religious horror, but it's based in Judaism. So you've got this almost kind of like ex-Orthodox Jew who's start, like at the start of the film, he's kind of like starting to learn to live in normal society, but he's having some money problems. And uh, uh, I, I think like an ex-friend of his who uh, is now a rabbi, or seems to be, um, says to him, I need you to be a shlom, shlomer or, or something like that, um, where essentially where a, a someone has died, somebody watches the body before it's like uh, taken by the mortuary and whatnot to uh, a, a, essentially uh, cleanse the soul and make sure the soul's all right. And um, when um, uh, people, the, the, the deceased don't have anyone, people can be paid for it and he's paid for it. So he's like, I need the money. Yes, all right, fine, I'll do it. And then creepy shit starts happening. He basically has to sit there with a body. So, you know, quite quite low budget, but, you know, interesting concept. And the first half of this film in particular weirded me the fuck out. Before it gets really, like, just obviously like a big jumpy scare type stuff the sense of dread like i don't know if you guys have ever had this but if like say you're a little bit on edge or something and you put some music on to kind of like drown out almost like stop your brain from trying to listen to sounds um so i mean i, I you know I've, I've had this a, a few times in my life where it's like i you know uh, particularly when we had um, we had a bit of a rap problem a couple of years back, and I'd, I'd like put music on to try and yeah. get me to like go to sleep or something. Oh, it, so, it, it, we, we, yeah, yeah, to basically to, to take your focus off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. this guy is like listening to music, and it's not necessarily even for that purpose because this is actually towards towards the start of it, but. You'd like you're listening, you're hearing his music and he's like texting and like the text is displayed on screen and stuff. And then you just kind of hear like something. And he kind of like looks around for a bit and then just goes back because it's like obviously nothing. And then like that kind of like increases and, and, and whatnot. And he's like taking his like earbud out and like listening, doesn't hear anything, puts it back in. Then it kind of starts again. It's like doing all this quite like weirdly experiential kind of like stuff, which feels a bit more like relatable than, than it, it normally would be. Um, and it, it does that. And it kind of, it, it does suck you in. And then the second half, it, it, it it's more okay. There is a demon there, and blah, 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 you know, and there, there's some jump scares, but it's interesting. It, like reli- like properly, what feels anyway like authentic religious horror is quite rare. You know, I mean, it you know, you if 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 you're gonna have like a 
almost like Christian themed horror these days. It's going to be something I, well, I say these days, it was like 20 years ago, but like Stigmata or, yeah. I, I, or I don't know, like the Devil's Jew or something, you know, yeah, something like that. Whereas this, it's actually taking quite a lot of these, like what, what I assume are authentic Jewish concepts. I, I assume they are because it would be incredibly offensive if not, quite frankly. Um, and, um, bringing them to the life in this in this kind of horror way and i i, I thought it was interesting I, I i'm not going to say it was like amazing or anything like that but i thought i thought it was interesting it's got this ending which i don't know i i wish more people had seen this film so that i could like talk about the ending because it, it seems to be stating its purpose as kind of one thing but then the final shot of the film, there's something in the background that then makes you think, oh, shit, but is that what it, what the message is? And if not, huh, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it like that. But yeah, I, I it was it, it, like I said, just interesting is the word. I, I thought it was creepy at points not in others but it it felt authentic and you know uh, horror is often just a way of people trying to get something made because horror films sell this felt like something from someone who actually wanted to tell a story using these concepts and fair fucking play you know, so the visual, it's on Netflix. I, I recommend it. We've, we've hovered over it a few times, haven't we, Dex? We, we do love a, a religious horror, don't we? Yes, I think we'll get to that fairly imminently, will we? Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd like to get some thoughts on that ending. So, yeah. That, we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll watch it this week mm-hmm. so that for next week it's still in your brain, Ariam. Okay, cool, great. That, that, that'd be good. It's I think it's like 84 minutes long as well. You know, it's... It, doesn't outstay the welcome um right okay so uh my four film saturday war grandpa the league of extraordinary gentlemen which i watched on uh star uh, i believe it was um i quite like the league of extraordinary gentlemen you know it seemed to kill sean connery's enthusiasm for making films stone dead and that's a shame because i think he's good value in it i think it's got really really good production value i think it takes a little bit too long after the the start they're on a on um, captain nemo's ship for a long time uh could have done with maybe a bit of that cut out but uh it does seem like it's missing one set piece yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair um but yeah i i quite enjoyed it i, I won't lie um you know it was a bit of a disaster when it came out and I kind of think it's almost hard to see why. I don't think it's that bad. I think if it came out now, people would be like, yeah, that was quite interesting, actually. So, right. yeah, I never understood the, the, the hate behind that. It, it's, it drags too much, but I, I never quite got why it got a panned as it did. Oh, um, uh, before we, uh, moving on with the full film Saturday, um, I didn't put it on my letterbox, but The Dig, I did watch The Dig. Um so I'm I'm trying to watch every single feature length Oscar and BAFTA nominated film, regardless of what category they've been nominated for, um, before the ceremonies. 
BAFTA uh, BAFTA nominated The Dig for Best British Film. Uh, I quite like The Dig. I thought it was all right. Um, based on a real life story of a uh, dig on a lady's property. Uh, 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 she's played by uh, Kerry Mulligan. Um, sorry, I, I, I feel like I'm rushing this, but do you guys have a time limit or anything or can I slow down? No, slow down, haven't we? Yeah, okay, sorry. And I, you, you guys won't, you guys haven't said for me to rush anything. I just felt like we're going long, but at the same time, long's good, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna... Sorry? Value for money. Yeah, there you go. And you, you guys go as long as you want as well, you know. Um, okay, so I'll slow down a bit. So, um, the dig. Um, yeah, so basically, um, she, uh, the, the uh, woman played by Carrie Mulligan, employs uh, Ray Fines as a um, excavator to kind of get a sense of whether there there is anything to be found, not not for riches or anything, but just out of a genuine interest. Um, and it's based on uh, a real life dig where they found um, essentially like an Anglo-Saxon uh, Saxon ship and a shitload of uh, finds, essentially. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I watched it on a Sunday. It was the most kind of like Sunday afternoon evening film of all time. You know, it's Ray Fiennes and Kerry Mulligan in a period drama about an archaeological dig <laughs> you know I mean, it's, um, yeah I, and i mean it, it's i mean it looks good but it does also look like it could be like an itv prestige drama <laughs> it, yeah when i watched the trailer i was a bit like this looks a bit itv easter sunday yeah yeah it, it and it, i mean it does but um mulligan's really good in it um and even though i am glad that she had promising young woman as well because there is a world in which carrie mulligan could have become the woman who stars in prestige itv dramas but i think having this and promising young woman in the same year is an incredible show of her range you know in this she's playing a widow with a heart condition who has a friendship with ray fines an impromising young woman, she is femininity in 2020 unleashed. You know, it's you you could not be two more different roles. But I mean she's great in she's great in both. She's great in this. Um even though she does get weirdly sidelined in the second half of the film. Lily James is introduced, which you know is absolutely fine by me. Uh <laughs> obviously um but it's odd because it takes the focus off of ray fines and kerry mulligan uh and and her son's friendship like he has a really good friendship with ray fines and it starts focusing a bit more on lily james and her husband played by ben chaplin and her husband has got his eye on a fellow male archaeologist so you've got these scenes of Lily James basically trying to fuck Ben Chaplin. And it's a bit, where has this come from? I I, I, I kind of just wanted to see how the dig was going. And <laughs> again, entirely subjective. But for me, you're not going to convince me for one second that Be- Lily James is going to take her fucking robe off put herself on him 
and he's going to go, right, it's time for my bath now. I'm going to close the door. No. No. Um, you know, and I, but and like I say, that's subjective. I just, that's not what I was coming to the dig for. You know, I, I wasn't coming, I wanted a gentle, tea timey drama with Ray Fiennes and Kerry Mulligan being friends. You know, and then you're going to throw um, Johnny Flynn um, from uh, uh, Beast and Stardust, the David Bowie film, and the tasty debrief man from the Cineworld adverts that you guys unfortunately never got to see. Um, he start, he's in it as Kerry Mulligan's cousin, who then starts a bit of a will they, won't they with Lily James. And it's a bit, and it's like, yeah, they will. They will. I don't need to spend time on this because they're obviously going to because she frankly the depiction of her is she's a bit sex starved and he looks like he would literally shag anything that moved so you know and it it, it just it almost feels like the producers were like okay like the netflix people were like okay we see your Downton Abbeys and whatnot and your ITV tea time dramas. Absolutely fair enough. But hey, what kind of sex stuff can you give me? And it feels like they said, all right, we'll have a sexually repressed Lily James fucker sexually all over the shop. Johnny Flynn. Is that good enough? Yeah. OK, fine. How are you going to do it? Oh, I don't know if it, 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 it feels like it's come from completely different places. Um, but I, I, I yeah, I enjoyed the film. What can I say? It's not. It's not film of the year. It feels like it came and gone. And again, this is the thing. It's like if it got a theatrical release, it feels like it wouldn't have come and gone. It would have hung around. It would have made they would have made some money. But because it was just the Netflix release that week, off it goes. Yeah. Done and gone. Done and gone. But yeah, the dig. Um, if you're inclined, but a bit, uh, that looks a bit. Uh, then you know it, 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 it's better than you probably think, but you know it, 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 it's still about an archaeological dig. Um, so uh, my last one before the one that we uh, I think we all watched um, nominated for best documentary at the net uh, at the Netflix sorry at the Baftas and the Oscars. My octopus teacher. This is on Netflix and it is rather lovely. Uh, so this is a film about a kind of like a wildlife photographer who starts exploring a kelp forest uh, just outside of his house home. He basically lives literally by the sea. It looks fucking terrifying. Um, but he goes diving and he sees a octopus and he starts going to see the octopus every day and the octopus get, kind of gets used to him and it's about him basically spending almost the entire lifespan of the octopus's life going down and making contact with it and apparently they only live for like just over a year or so and he spends all this time going down and capturing this fucking incredible footage of this like this octopus who will do really smart shit to survive. I mean, really just fantastically clever stuff. Um, and 
like it, it, it's framed around him kind of like warming up to life and those around him through this relationship he has with this octopus and it feels slightly disingenuous a lot of it is like his narration and there's a couple of times where the octopus gets into some danger and it's a bit like if you loved the octopus as much as you're saying you probably would have done more to help it than just film what was happening i think uh and that left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth um but, you know, like I say, it, it covers the whole life of this octopus pretty much. Um, and by the end, I thought it was rather touching. Um, and I don't necessarily know if all octopuses do all this kind of stuff to survive. But all that it did to survive for the short period uh, period of time that it act, that, that it would actually live for um was was quite something actually uh and it looks great as well and some of the footage this guy captures of this octopus doing these things it it's incredible um it's the only one of the documentary nominees that i've watched so far i think there will be others that are better as films absolutely but i thought it was a really lovely 85 minutes or so and Lottie was kind of watching it it on and off and whatnot but she went when there was some like incredible shit happening she was really into it uh so yeah my octopus teacher i think i gave it a four out of five on letterboxd but it's um particularly if you've got kids who are kind of into wildlife it's pretty much a must watch cool yeah um and you know, if it if it does does win best documentary at the Oscars, it's not going to. But if it did, I'd be like, yeah, fucking good on you. It's the it's the Minari of the documentary branch. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so leading on to the film that I completely forgot to watch for last week, but watched for this week, Atlantis: The Lost Empire. This film fucking slaps. It fucking rules. <clears throat> I've talked enough, Bex. Um. Yeah, I think you you've 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 pretty much summed it up there. It's just it's a really fucking good story and it was it was again from um obviously following on from our conversation about Treasure Planet, it, it's from this this kind of weird period of Disney where it wasn't just female gets in trouble, female gets saved by man, happy ending. And it it, it kind of it's doing something really interesting and it's taking obviously like the legend of Atlantis in the same way that Treasure Planet takes Treasure Island and and putting like a cool fucking spin on it um it's I really like the animation of this um I think it looks really good I think the um they're borrowing from like European animation rather than yeah um stick it to American art when they try and do more uh, Asian animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just think it's really, really fantastic. The story, to use an Ianism, it fucking slaps. Um, it's, it's just, it's really, really engaging. Um, yeah. And I, there's actual, like, real, like, like um, the baddie dies, don't they? Like, he gets, Oh yeah, he gets yeah. Uh, scraped with that thing and like kind of mutated and then uh, like yeah, chopped yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, it's yeah, 
he's just really fucking good. I, I want to watch the sequel, but then I don't want to, like, sully. Is that because Disney has famed for having terrible sequels? Yeah. So, apparently, that's, like, the first three episodes of an aborted TV series offshoot stuck together. That's made it quite interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't think I've ever seen a Disney animation that looked like it. You know, and I mean, it, it, like Mike Mignola of, of Hellboy fame, like, did a lot of the art for the film. And it shows, you know, with like kind of like the kind of like the harsh edges of the of the characters and the steampunkiness of so much of it. But I I really liked the 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 way that like the supporting cast are introduced and you warm up to them and then it's like oh shit yeah they are just mercenaries and then it kind of swings back round again i i really liked those arcs mm. um and i mean like that that the lead character milo in the wrong hands he could have been such a fucking wet blanket and yet he's not he he is kind of weedy and whatnot, but he shows himself to be resourceful. He shows himself to be like plucky and yes, nerdy, but also capable. Um, he's, he's, he's clever nerdy rather than just inept nerdy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah, no, I was, I, yeah, really quite taken with it actually. Um, And also, I mean, like, it's got some really good blockbuster level action at the end there when they're all in those like those um atlantis kind of aircrafts and whatnot you know and um you know milo battling the the evil general and um i yeah i mean i thought it was interesting that 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 helga one the blonde woman kind of you know that they don't try and give her like a repentant arc you know, it, it is like she kind of realises too late that the generals are wrong. And, but I like the fact that she doesn't just go along with, with like the good guys towards the end. You know, like it it felt a little bit more realistic that it's not like everybody's going to have a change of heart. There's at least going to be one person who's going to be like, well, no, actually, I wasn't it for the money and fuck you lot. You know, I I, I, <laughs> I, I like that little edge of it. Um, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I liked... I, I really liked Treasure Planet. I really enjoyed it. But this kind of blew my socks off. It's more well-rounded than Treasure Planet, I think. Mm. It, 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 and frankly, it, it feels more like it could be made for an older audience as well. Like, if, if, if Disney ever did a live-action remake of this, it feels like it would work a lot more than a live-action remake of Treasure Planet. They never will, but yeah. yeah, I would watch the fuck out of a live action version of either of them. I'm, I'm the same, but yeah, I think it would work more for Atlantis. But James Cameron did it and called it Avatar because he just ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he did. He ripped off an awful lot of like cartoons. Yep, that movie. Fern Gully plus Atlantis equals Avatar. Yep. <laughs> What are your thoughts on it? Like, I, I, I like it. I, I'm not. It, it's not within 
my wheelhouse as much as it is your guys mm. is what i would say there i enjoyed my time with it i was fine with it but and i, I it is i prefer to watch stuff like this rather than a, the majority of the anything else that disney's done since probably the princess and the frog mm. uh, but yeah it's still not it's not, it's not my back but i enjoyed it what about moana mark what have you considered the coconut i considered it I put it back. You reject it. And I rejected it. Yeah. Don't fuck you, coconut. It's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I don't know. <laughs> um, right, I'll 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 do what I watched solo quickly. Uh, I rewatched uh did some Disney some Disney Plusing. Uh, I rewatched The Sandlot because why not? Is that because I, I specifically made fun of you on Sunday and was like, yeah, you can pick a film that's not a cartoon, Mark, if you want, but not something like the fucking Sandlot Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. Without your inspiration. It, my brain literally did full fucking rock eyebrow and went, the Sandlot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I watched that. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's it's that that level of kids movie, like something like... Walking around and stuff like that that was made to throw out during the kids' holidays and go, there you go, fucking enjoy this. Um, another one that was the same, Rookie of the Year, again on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, uh, a great term from um, Gary Busey in this one. Uh, where I mean, the Rookie of the Year, sorry, the kid who has an accident that means his tendons uh, fuse too um, hard in his um, arm. And it means that he can throw a ball incredibly fast for the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> um, essentially recruit him, even though he's just like a, a kid. Starting my love affair with the Chicago Cubs, though, as a baseball team. Uh, and I, I, I have a Chicago Cubs cap. You <laughs> um, do. And, yeah, uh, but then Gary Busey is like the uh, the pitcher for the Chicago Cubs at the time. And at first you think that there's going to be a little bit of a, he's going to reject the kid and be like, fucking this kid coming in and try to take my, what is it? But it's the opposite. He just takes him under his wing and starts looking after him. And the, he, he, the form like a, like a father son bond there, because obviously he's got no father because it's that type of movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's stupid. It's silly, but it's, it's good, harmless fun. Um, also, to watch all these on the same day, because I was doing uh, mundane tasks at work, so rather than having music on the background, I was having films on, because what I was doing was literally, my hands were moving, but I didn't need to be looking at what I was doing, uh, kind of thing, so I could watch a movie while I was getting on this stuff, because uh, it's, it's that unskilled. Um, could just take a compliment. It's not even as skilled as looking at a chicken's ass and going, there's some chicken balls. And put it in a basket. Um, it's quite a hard job. I was reading up actually earlier. It's really highly paid. Chicken sexing. You mean you could just guess? But you're expected to do. I think what I was reading said you're expected to do a thousand per hour. I couldn't send that many death. No, to be made into yeah chicken feed. Chicken feed, yeah. Yeah, and reptile feed. That. Fucking terrifies me. Fucking Hang on. Me. What? No, no, no. What? They they. Oh. What, they they kill the male ones and turn them into feed for other chickens. Yeah. Oh no. They, they mulch them up. Yep. They gas them, and then they mulch them, 
And then they use the protein. Uh, yeah. Never have I wanted to have my own chickens. I swear to God, I've just, I've just talked about chickens. It's just walked in. She was like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll mulch up some chickens for you. No, um, she... Right, girl. What's up? Sorry. And so I, I also watched Super Troopers, which <laughs> I never thought would be on Disney Plus, but it is. Uh huh. Um, a movie that probably shouldn't hold up now, uh, twenty years later. Mm. But it does. It's still funny. Is it problematic though? No. No. I don't think it is. It's it's mildly. Um, Piss turkey about stuff. Yeah. But it all kind of works. Um, the closest thing you will get for it is elements of police uh, of finding police brutality amusing. Um, not a trap anymore, would it? But it's not. It, it, it is just quite amusing. Like one of the. Um, I'm guessing Ian, have you seen Super Troopers? Oh, back in the day, mate. Not for a while, mind. Yeah. Um, there's one specific scene of one of the guys who is clearly there just to put fun at, who can't get around the concept of the fact that he keeps asking for a litre of cola at a fast food stall. And they're going, a litre? We do like a large. And then the guy who worked fast food thing is literally just taking the piss out of this litre of cola thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's... It's still funny enough when it needs to be, uh, and it, I expect it to be a little more problematic than it actually was um, going back to watch it. But no, it's still just quite funny. Um, right, Bex, we're going to ones what we've watched together. Uh, what the fuck? Was, what What did that just say about Dog Tanyon? Yeah, Dog Tanyon. What, what were you reading about Dog Tanyon for? I'll see if you can get the four-hour movie cut of it. Can you? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Release the four-hour Dog Tanyon cut. Yeah. That was the one that released in Dog Tanyon um, was released in Japan, the UK, Spain, but in France they cut it all into one big four-hour-long movie. I watched the shit out of that. I used to love Dog Tanyon. Uh, but it was it was um, actually it was it was because of language. Was it? Do you remember Dog Tanyon, Ian, or are you too? I do indeed. Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah the, the, the French cut it into like an like, not like an R rated. It was just dogs fucking rutting and everything. Uh what? Hang like on. What? French, but. Um, but but it was just like it was the political discourse that went along in it. The only the only reason I knew the names of the Musketeers was because of that fucking TV show. Same. Porter was the big fat grey dog, wasn't he? He was indeed. So I wonder if that's on anything. So <laughs> stop trying to look for Doug Hayman. What is it? We watched Time Cop, didn't we, Vex? <laughs> and whose suggestion was this? It's on Netflix. It's on uh, it's Prime. On... Prime. Prime. Yeah, okay. One or seven, wasn't it? Um. No, Beck suggested this, um, <laughs> that we watch this on Sunday morning with our pancakes. Um, and I actually commented to you, didn't I, Bex, and said, said all I, remember, I haven't seen this movie in like 25 years. I remember enjoying it, but I remember that Jean-Claude Van Damme does the splits an awful lot during it. He, re- he really does. And he really does, doesn't he? He jumps up onto a kitchen counter and does the splits. I, I said he that. Does. I, 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 you said, what? I was like, kind of makes sense in the film he does like a weird plank drop as well doesn't he like from standing to jumping down into a plank when a truck nearly hits him yeah that's quite impressive as well and then just jump straight back up again like a burpee kind of situation the thing is with van damme a lot of the physicality thing is a lot of the choreography of his fight stuff is quite simple 
in general in his movies. Um, but it is his physical um, capabilities of the shit that he could do that made him more, that people were like, wow. But it's the fuck. physical capabilities of the shit that he could do that make you look at it now and go, oh, fucking hell, Jean-Claude, what are you doing? Why no. are you doing the splits on a kitchen counter? Because it made sense. It was about to get electrocuted. I mean, fair. It'd be, we could have just, like, jumped up and sat. No! Because it wouldn't have worked like that. He could have fallen down. He knew that he needed to do the splits because then it would give him the, the ballast. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird, actually, watching it. I've I've never seen Mia Sara in anything else other than Legend. Yep. She just, she just didn't seem to turn up in an awful lot. And then she I did mean, this as a grown-up. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I was going to say Ferris Bueller. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now. Yeah. So, I never realised that. Yeah. Now you know. And knowing's half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Turncock, produced by Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, okay, it's, it's a good time, though, to be fair. Yeah, um... We watched Cherry Falls uh, with the uh, most miscast virgin in a town ever. Brittany Murphy in it. It is indeed Brittany Murphy, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we watched Cherry Falls, didn't we? So, it's the story of, yeah, a town where there becomes a, a serial killer who's targeting high school kids, but he's specifically targeting virgins. Mm. Um, yeah, and the town is literally called Cherry Falls. Yes. Which nobody in the in the film mentions and goes, <laughs> isn't that weird? Well, they, they the kids do play on it though because they call the the party the poppy cherry ball, don't they? I don't think they've realised that no. on that one. No, no, no. Just because it's a general euphemism. Yeah, I, I I think they would have called it your cherry falls uh, or something like that if they'd known. <laughs> Cherries will fall. Cherries will fall. Yes. Yeah. So. She plays as the whole thing about her is that, that she she is a virgin and um she's not wanting to she she wants to wait for the right time, isn't she? Yeah, she wants it to be yeah. special and romantic. So even even when, you know, everyone else is having to um fuck to not die, she still <laughs> won't she still won't do it, will she? No. Apart from she just gets really horny in scenes, doesn't she? <laughs> does get quite horny yeah yeah that one scene where she's like yeah fucking fuck me yeah bite me bite it bite it harder yeah. and then he's like whoa, whoa. Like, right fuck you then and just leave and you, you watched it going jesus man gross up bite the girl's toe bite the fucking girl's toe yeah uh, but he doesn't say no fucking wet him didn't he he wants her to do it because she wants to do it she clearly wants to do it bite the bitch's toe <laughs> what's wrong with him it's yeah. It was it was intended as part of a trashy horror double bill, wasn't it? But then we ended up not starting till late, and then didn't yeah. double bill. What else will do a bit of? Dead silence. Dead silence. Yes. So, mm. um, what's our next film, Becky? Our next film was Dead Silence. Dead Silence. Yes. We mm. <laughs> watched the next night instead. Um, what did you think of Dead Silence, Becky? I really enjoyed it. Because you have seen it before. I don't remember it. No, you don't, dear. Do no. You have seen it before. Yeah. It wasn't even that long ago that we watched it. Was it not? No, it was only a couple of years ago when we did like a big James One thing when one of the Conjuring Conjuring movies came out. Yeah. 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 What before, uh, did it come out before the Conjuring movies? Yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, sorry, no. 
fuck was I thinking of? Yeah, it totally did. It was, it was like literally the film he did after Saw. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, guys. I've just had a brain fart then. Continue. <laughs> sorry. I'm ever so sorry. Um, yeah, so what do you think of your, your, your rewatch, putting your brain a first watch? I really liked it. I was always going to really like this film. It is a film full of creepy fucking dolls and ghosts and shit. So, yeah, it's great. I love the reveal at the end, though. I did not remember that at all because obviously I didn't remember watching the film. But the fact that it, he's just a puppet that's been made by that lady. Oh, yeah. That's fucking great. And she's just controlling him and doing kind of like fake voice. It, it, yeah it, and like hollowed him out yeah <laughs> yeah uh but it's got ryan quanton in it and I, I think i said to you when we were watching it I, I i really like ryan quanton's energy in stuff he's just got this real wholesome himbo kind of vibe going on the only issue he's never with portrayed it is, as being particularly bright but he's always quite lovely it was probably in a film called red hill was it i think yeah, man. That's, uh, yeah. Play Fright Fest. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was, it was really good in that, and it was a really good film. The only problem is, he's a bit crap, isn't oh, he? Oh, no, it's fine. I, I like him. He's pretty. I like Donnie Wahlberg playing the most obvious um, cop ever. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... What does he feel with constantly fucking trimming his beard as he's wandering around? I don't know. That's a weird choice. It's... I was a bit bored, but it is the third time I've watched it. It's only the first time I've seen it. Yeah, so I was a bit <laughs> I was a bit bored, to be honest, is what I was saying on that. I liked it. Dolls are fucking creepy. Um, as fuck. Another star entry. Um, <laughs> we watched Six Days, Seven Nights, didn't we? Nice. Yeah. Grumpy Ford. Grumpy Ford um, and Perky Hesh. He's my Perky. Yeah. Um, it's fun, it's Six Days, Seven Nights. It was like... It was kind of one of those weird. It it, it it seemed to be everywhere when it came out, but then just was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's it's fun. It, it it's kind of like a bit of an adventure romp to it. Yeah, I would put it in the same character category as like a fool's gold. Yeah, it, it's similar to that. Mm. And it was it was around the, the time where the cast of Friends. Uh, where friends have got popular enough to start casting the um, cast in it, and the the cast was still trying to look at making it as movie stars, mm. but it wasn't. It was just before it, essentially they could start going. Look, I want a, I want two million dollars an episode to yeah. continue fucking making this shit. Yeah. Um, and then you know people like David Schwimmer just went. You know what? I don't need to be a movie star because I've got so much fucking residuals from this show. Yeah. How he's doing fucking adverts for shit. Because all of his ad money he gives to charities. Oh, fair play. Yeah. He has done. He has done since what is it? All his endorsement stuff he has done since he was a friend. He gives to charity. Fair enough. Fair play to him. He's not very good though, is he? David Schwimmer. I've always liked David Schwimmer as an actor. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's quite. I I think he's a lot better. I think when you people go back and watch Friends and people are going, oh, he's the worst, and it? it's like, no, he's not actually. He's actually probably one of the best characters. Oh no, he's the worst character. He's the worst person. Actually, no, he's not. He's the second worst person. But he's one of the most. He, he his character is often the central hub of, of everything that's going on. Yeah, that's so he, he, he's, he's the worst. He's the worst character as a person. He's the second worst character as a person. You don't like Phoebe, do you? No, I think she's a fucking appalling person. Oh, yeah, she's not great. 
I, I should the the, the, the the original plan for her was that she wasn't going to be a part of the central cast, that she was going to be one that bit in and out. A satellite character. Yeah, but then it, it made more sense having three and three and things like that, and they should have just not because she's shit. Um, have you guys seen that? You, right. Like yeah. that YouTube video of um, Friends, where it's the, the the bit where he's confronting the guy about the sandwich, but with no laugh track. Yes. It's fucking amazing. It's chilling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like just the most unsettling fucking thing. Are we talking about the Thanksgiving sandwich with the moist maker? Yeah. No, I've not seen it. Have a look for it. It, 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 it. It's presented just without a laugh track, and it, it is just quite sinister. <laughs> um, we we rewatched the In Betweeners movie, didn't we? We we rewatched all three seasons of the In Betweeners. And the In Betweeners uh, movie. movie. Wow. For, for no reason at all. I think it's because someone put a clip on Twitter of the bit where they're dancing in the film. Where it caused us to rewatch it. Can I put out, this is a show that neither of us seem to have that much of an affinity for, or an even love for. I mean, but I'm pretty sure I've known you guys since before the Inbetweeners came out. And I've never, this is not an aspect of your pulp culture liking that I've ever talked about with you. No, it's not. But then we did, we, we, we started, we watched like an episode, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we used to have, we like to have a, a half an hour show on the go, don't we? Yeah. And then we just seemed to have just rattled fucking through it and then went, well, we might as well watch the movies now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's fine, it? it? It's the thing about, the weird thing is we both expected it to. I remembered it being a lot more crass than it actually is. Yeah. And it is still quite crass. But it is also quite sweet at points. Yeah. And I, I, I think it, it is watching it now that you're the age... Because, I mean, this is 10 years old. Yeah. You know, and the, the series is, like, 13, 14 years old. So you're watching it now at the age you are of the parents. And we have a child that is around the same age as these kids. I'd never let her go to Somalia. Um, and so you're watching it from a different angle is quite amusing. Yeah. The thing is, I, I kind of, I kind of hate all the characters, but also quite like them. Apart from Neil, who is just a fucking legend. He does. The fact that if there's any music dance, any uh, playing, just starts dancing and goes off into his own little Neil world. I love it. We watched 300, didn't we? We did watch 300. We continued with our comic book thing uh looks great on 4k mm-hmm. maybe you commented on how good it looked it's do you know what it's really weird actually because i've i've started wearing my glasses well I've, I've got glasses that i'm supposed to wear if i'm like watching tv driving or on a computer and i came to the revelation a few weeks back didn't i that that's literally all i do i'm either on the computer watching tv or driving because there is nothing else to life anymore currently so I've started wearing them like all the time and it has I know I'm always like no oh, it don't make a fucking difference I think maybe that's because I just couldn't see properly so it does make a difference I just like to be mongy about it uh, cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> 300 is is the thing is if you are if you are interested in that style it is really good if you have read the uh the comics slash graphic novel 
a 300, you can see where it is. Mm. There's a lot of the imagery is very much, oh, that's this. I think, because I haven't read it, but there's a lot of shots in it that you're like, I bet that's that's taken from a fucking cell. Oh, yeah. yeah. There is. And, 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 and Snyder, very much, that's what he likes to do or when he panel. does these types of things. Panel, they're called? Panel, yeah. Panel. Um, and there is a lot of that. And I really like the, uh, the Frank Miller uh, graphic novel for mm. it. Um, and I, you know, I, it's one that I've read previous to the movie as well. So I was very excited for it. Um, and it's been, oh, it must have been 10 years since I watched it. Because um, the last time I watched it, I think it was on DVD. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a fun, it's a fun romp of a movie, is what I will say. There's, there's some fucking abs on display in this movie There is a well. lot of abs. There is abbing and there is broing. And there is <laughs> guffawing at murder. What's going on with what's his face? His hair, boundaries, Fastbender's hair. Fastbender. Yeah, well, it gave us Fastbender. Yeah. It uh, it gave us the extended career of, of Gerard Butler. Um, he's got some abs going on. He's got some abs going on, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It is. And then finally of ours, uh, <laughs> we rewatched Constantine, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, we did. Sweet. Uh, just just back on to 300 for a second. It, it Honestly, like, I, I couldn't have picked David Wenham out of a lineup a few weeks ago. And then in the last few weeks, I've watched him in, um, obviously, The Lord of the Rings. And then he's in 300. And then really fucking blew my mind when I realised that he plays Audrey in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Very odd. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Constantine, sorry. I've been badgering you to watch Constantine ever since we started this comic book thing, didn't I? Yes. It's very much one you have to be in the mood for, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because I really like Constantine. Mm. It's a fucking great movie. And it's a it's a really interesting looking movie. Oh, yeah. As yeah. well, it's got its visuals going for it. But um, I get what you mean, that you have to be in a Constantine frame of mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, still, it's still an awful lot of... It's a good time watch. It's mm. a settle down kind of warm hug of a fucking batshit movie. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that the devil essentially punishes him at the end by curing his lung cancer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and casting Peter Stormare. Peter fucking Stormare. As the devil night. just makes perfect sense. It's just such a treat when he turns up and he's just being all Peter Stormare. Yeah. But also not only having Peter Stormare as the devil, having uh, Tilda Swinton as. Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. Makes sense. The only one that doesn't really is Gavin Rossdale as Balthazar. I don't know. He's, he's got that sleazy kind of vibe down well. I don't know what the character's like in the book, but. It maybe is like that, but it's just Gavin Rossdale. Even he admits, I wasn't very good at it. I gave it a go, but I wasn't very good oh, at it. I don't it. think he's bad as Balthazar. He don't bother me in the slightest. But like, even like the, the, the supporting cast of characters, like uh, the beef's really good in it. I know we're not allowed to say that anymore because he's, he's a bad egg. But yeah. He is really good in it. And it was, I think, before he was a bad egg. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and the guy that plays his vicar friend. Oh, uh, Pruitt Televents. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Father Hennessy, yeah. Um, that bit where he's um, well, where, where, trying where? to get a drink and he's just like... He's, he's smashing the bottles and then like holding up to his face and nothing's coming out and then as soon as he puts them down it starts pouring out it is it is a fantastic scene yeah that bit and when he tries to get a pen and then realizes it's actually a bottle opener he's like ah shit 
you think he was trying to get a pen? I think he thought they were pens. Do you reckon? Yeah. And he was just going to draw it on there. And he was going to draw it on him. Ah, oh, fudge. Stabby, stab, stab. Stab, 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 stab. Um, and then the, 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 the supplier man that lives in the bowling alley. He's oh. really good as well. I just, it, it's just, it's a fucking cracking film, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't read any of Constantine, because it's Alan Moore and... Yeah. Yeah, I might have to sort that out. You've got Swamp Thing upstairs, and that was his first appearance. Swamp Thing, yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, With moving on. Has. Yeah, moving on to our final review, a film that you didn't watch, because you... Don't like movies. No, we didn't get time for both. Yeah, and you chose wrong. I did choose. Um, chose badly. So, but me and Ian did watch it because we care about you, listeners. Uh, You're one. Yeah. Yes, usually. To uh, the bird. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Guto. Guto. Bird is guto. 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 Ongo Buffalo. Since you're so smart. Prickly pear cactus. There are cactus, and there's juniper out there, and there's some sage. 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 Yeah, that's right. It smells good. Good. So, what else can you teach me? So, News of the World uh, is directed by Paul Greengrass. Uh, something that I found out after Ian had watched it and said it was quite good. And then looked at him and went, holy shit, is it Paul Greengrass? Uh, and oh. stars Tom Hanks, uh, Helen and Zengel, um, Bill Camp and other people uh, are in it as well. What is it about? A Civil War veteran agrees to deliver a girl taken by the Kiwa people years ago to her aunt and uncle against her will. They travel hundreds of miles and face grave dangers as they search for a place uh, that either can call home. Oh. Not quite what it's about. Okay. Um, but Ian, news of the world. Did it surprise you? This Fuck movie? yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, so it, this is another quick question, just before you continue, because it's another. Um, would you have an issue with James Newton Howard and? Uh, Darius Wolski uh, winning uh, Academy Awards for this movie. <laughs> no, I wouldn't at all. Um, oh, sorry. My word. Um, I, this has been on Netflix for about six weeks now. And uh, it's interesting because I haven't even seen the one bit of marketing I've seen for this film was Tom Hanks on Graham Norton. Like, in December, maybe, where there was just like a 30-second clip of this film. And again, linking back to almost like the topic of the show, how it's all content, there'd been like fuck-all marketing for News of the World. You know, and from a UK side, because like, 
Netflix bought it, and Netflix don't really seem to pimp stuff that well, especially not if it's like a worldwide Netflix film. If they've just bought it in territories, they don't really seem to crow about this stuff. So I just had it in my head for no reason whatsoever that it was going to be eating your vegetables. Yeah. And it's really not. This film is emotionally very fulfilling. It's got some it's got some good tense shit going on when it needs to. And it's also, you know, when you, you the synopsis of it where it's like he goes around telling people what's happening in the world. Great. So it's the postman. Yeah. <laughs> and this uh, movie is... I love the postman. This movie is not the postman. No, no, it, it's not the postman. I mean, the postman has, has its charms, don't get me wrong, but... It's closer it, to Hostiles than it is the postman. Yeah, 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 exactly. It really is. Um... I thought it was terrific. Um, and, and this is the thing. I'm almost saying that sounding like I'm surprised. And it's like, but why Why am I? And it, it, it's because almost looking at this from the outside, you're almost autopilot in your reaction. Well, it's obviously going to be or a good film. But you watch it. It's like, no, do you know what? It looks fucking brilliant. Yeah. The, the, it sounds great. Both the, the score, I mean, the score is is sensational, um, but also the, the 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 sound design. Um, Helena Hel, Helena Zegler um, is fucking brilliant. Um, Tom Hanks dependably good but in that way where it's like okay well it's tom hanks so he's good so yeah of course he is and we don't need to nominate him because he's good no you should probably give him the fucking nomination anyway because he's really fucking good in this you know if 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 you're not gonna if if you're gonna give Stephen ewan a nomination fair enough gary oldman is as autopilot as he ever has been in mank yeah Slot Tom Hanks in there. Yeah, this, you know, it, it, this is a better performance. It, it's, it's, it, and it I just like Gary is. Oldman in Mank. Yeah, I, I better. Yeah, Gary Oldman in Mank is good. Tom Hanks is it is better. News of the World is a film that twenty years ago would be the front runner for Best Picture. Yeah, but in saying that, I I, I do think that. Um, I'm sorry to, to, to jump in, but um, yeah. A, shit poster. Yep, yeah, terrible poster. B, shit title. Uh, yes, also uh, also terrible title. I believe it's based on a novel. Yeah. Change uh, it. Change the, change the name. What is it? Call it something else. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... The thing, the thing is, the film is caught in a halfway house where... Universal don't want to give up everything of the film, so they don't sell it to Netflix completely. And they also sold it to Netflix quite late. Um, 
I think it was like November, December, they announced that. Whereas if this was with Netflix all the way through awards season, they, I, I, I think they would have been backing this horse over some others. Yeah. And it's a real, it's, it, 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 it's a real shame. Um, it's the kind of film that on the face of it is geared for Oscar but in the but in the execution, it's like yeah, but it deserves that. It's not Oscar bait. It it just it's a film that really deserves recognition. I was very 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 touched by this, but it's also entertaining from the first minute to the last. Um, and I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hand over to you, Mark. I mean, I gave it four out, uh, four and a half out of five. But just thinking about it, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go five banger and say it'll probably be in my top ten at the end of the year. I mean, top five at the end of the year. I really, really fucking like this. Yeah, I, I can absolutely see why. Um, from, from the open outset, um, where, whereby the, you know, it, it gets, um, it, it, it gets its story set out really quite quickly uh which i, I liked about it because it's you know i mean it's it, it, it's done as on two hours long but you know the the opening bit of him literally reading the news to people and it sort of gives you the straight away the idea of how important this is to you know and how this is a normal thing this is how people got their news in a way it, it, that that works out quite well um and then it it, it, it has that gut punch of you know when he comes across the the hanging body, and you go, oh okay, all right, this isn't this isn't like you say a more kind of like fluffier piece uh, yeah. of him just like jauntily going round and reading the news to people. There's going to be a little bit of bite to this. Uh, the the sequence that during when I was watching it, I actually I, I messaged Ian and went, Holy shit. Yeah, There's yeah. a sequence in the middle of it where he he's in a town and essentially with, with the girl and remember guys we are all spoilers all the time. Um it, where he's in a town where he's, he's stopped off and he's approached by a, a a gang, but not like a not like a gang of outlaws, but clearly a gang of outlaws. Um and they try and essentially buy the girl off him. And although it's not said, it is very heavily insinuated why they want the girl. Oh, yeah. Um, and he very, very quickly is like, no, and makes it very known to them. And then it gets broken up by the local law. Um, but then... You know, the the guy who's tried to buy the girl quickly sort of says, you know, you'll be you'll be seeing me again, and you're thinking, right, all right, that's gonna come back later on. No, it comes back fucking straight away, and there's essentially a shootout scene, and it is it maybe goes on for ten fifteen minutes, and it is so so well done, so engaging, so tense that you can't help but just go right, and you just transfixed by it. And it is so well done, but it's also out in the daylight, and it looks fantastic. And the everybody around gets a bit to do. The girl is um, Helena um, Ziegel is, is fantastic in the whole movie, but in that scene, it 
she's fantastic. Tom Hanks is a top level Hanks. And I do think that we we maybe because for so long Hanks has always been we ace Tom Hanks, that mm. it's underappreciated just how fucking good he actually as a character actor he is. Because Tom Hanks is seen as oh he's Tom Hanks. But it's easy to forget that he's a he's a character actor. Yeah. Yeah. Who just happens to have won two star. fucking Oscars yeah. back to back. Um for movies that made a shitload of money. Mm. Yeah. Um but then very quickly after that scene where it's where the movie has got your attention and it's got you doing it, and Greengrass is doing his thing with the with his camera work and the way he works cameras, but it's not like Green Zone where it's all over the fucking place and you're going, I am just getting a headache now. <laughs> uh, it, it's actually, it's watchable, but it works. Um, and it reminds you that, that, that at one point, Greengrass could have been the heir to to Michael Mann. Right. You know, they both come from a, a news documentary background. Uh, you know, they both worked for Granada uh, at one point. Uh, and then you you get that within this there, but then after that when you're there going, holy shit that was fucking tense. It gives you one of the big fucking emotional moments in the movie, where it, it, the girl is interacting with with Hanks because she can't speak English, right. and they're talking and they're they're pointing stuff out, and then she has this moment where she sees something and he realizes that she's remembering something that she has been buried deep down. And he's like, no, no. And, and it's her reaction and his reaction to it is absolutely just heartbreaking to how he realises what she's remembering. Right. Um, and it's... And then you've got the... I won't give away too much of the ending ending because I, I think you should watch it. I think everyone who's listening should watch it. Yeah. But... There's a moment where where they're reunited at the end, where as a viewer you go, oh fucking hell, at what's being done to her. And it's not even that bad what's yeah. been done to her. Yeah. It's not like horrific, mm. but it is a oh fucking hell moment. But yeah, it's it's got a really it's 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 got a great ending that is. The, the movie fucking earns. The movie earns its ending. Yeah. Um, but it's unlike Hostiles, where it is just. I mean, I love Hostiles. Hostiles is an incredible movie. It is a future American classic. Um, and I I do think that that movie got released at just the wrong time. Had it got released three weeks earlier, I think people would still be talking about how incredible yeah. it was. That, that that film got fucked by it getting a distributor far too late in that award season and then yeah. that distributor going we're going to put it out this award season they, yeah because yeah. it because it because it is an Hostas is an incredible feat in a movie oh my god and this reminded me a lot of it it doesn't have the anger and the bite of it but it's not mm. supposed to it's a, it's telling a it reminded me of it but it's telling a very different story yeah um and it's not telling because Hostiles is telling you about the brutality of, of war. Yeah. This is telling you about the the re- acceptance of war. So the bit where he goes to the town that has essentially been overrun with propaganda and um, 
sleeves and 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 Hank basically just goes against it. Is is fantastic. It's just a really, really, really good film. And yeah, I give it four and a half out of five, and I think I'm going to change it to five out of five. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Because there's a shot in it. Um, I mean, because I think Darius Wazowski, he's he's been nominated, I think, like nine times, but never won. Yeah, he's a bit of a Deacons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I would go as far as say this might be the best looking movie I've seen this year. Wow. There's a shot. Yes. Yeah, there's a wide shot um, in it where you where it's. There's a couple of shots that are showing you the landscape, but it's it's supposed to be showing the landscape. It's not just showing the landscape to show you something pretty. Landscape porn. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, you look at it and there's the lighting and the framing and everything like that. You look at it and go, that is that looks like a fucking painting. That is incredible, and yeah. it's very difficult to make the the West look shit. Yeah. But. It's also to make it look that incredible and that impactful that it looks like a still. Um, but I also did send Ian a, a what is it, the, a point where I kept it reminded of the Seth MacFarlane movie, um, <laughs> Emily West Die in the West, because everything that yeah. can go wrong just keeps going wrong for them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit like that. Uh, but it's the way they react to everything. It, it really is a fantastic film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I think the one criticism you could lay at it is the ways in which they bond are maybe a little bit traditional. Like it, it, it maybe doesn't sub, subvert things in those ways. It's like they start off like being at odds with each other, and then they kind of find some sort of connection. Then it's a how harrowing experience that brings them together and then they're close and then something drives them apart and then there's a realize you know like the the, yeah. the the high level beats are kind of what you expect them to be but what it does within those is really interesting um yeah yeah i but i don't know i mean there's but the fact that it is all so well played, I think I think does elevate it. You know, yeah. um, that's the thing. I think you can have beats, and I, I agree with what you're saying completely. But I think it, it's one of those things where if you do it, but you do it really, really well, then I think that I think you can get away with it. Um, I think it makes sense for that. Yeah, I I don't know. It it, it it's interesting because. It's been nominated for like four Oscars, you know. It's uh, cinematography, score, production design, sound. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, I'm 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 with where on all of those. So you know, and it's good because obviously members of the Academy have seen it and they appreciate it, you know. Um, but it just the film itself feels unfashionable coupled with a district like universal in the u.s netflix worldwide who probably just don't have quite the wherewithal to really launch a campaign for it and it debuted late um 
but it, it does feel like it it deserves more. Um, in in a world where Mank gets ten nominations, Minari gets six. News of the world getting four feels a bit harsh to me. Yeah, because it it, it 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 should have got nominated in best actor. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a supporting actress. I mean, geez, yeah. I mean, Glenn Close. I know she's kind of like an easy pick now, but Jesus fucking Christ, who gives the better performance, Glenn Close and Billy Billy Elegy or Helena Zegler in News of the World? Exactly. Swap them out. Jesus absolutely. Christ. A- a- absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, the awards that it has been nominated for, if it won all of those, I don't think you could argue against it. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Quite. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a, a definitely not, another definitely not shit. Um, a, a, a very, very definitely not shit. And I'll be honest, a thank you to our listeners for suggesting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite. I mean, I could see it have been one of those ones that I was always going to get to, but then maybe didn't get to. Yeah, that, 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 that's exactly it. It feels like one I would have got to towards the end of this like run of going through these, and I've been like, fuck. You know, it, it, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's out on 4K in the US. It probably won't over here because Netflix own it, but when I can see that shit, cheap on amazon.com i'm fucking importing that thing because yeah, great... it's, it's annoying that it's not in 4k on netflix is it not no it's not i what this is the thing i watched it on my phone and i'm i'm saying it's maybe a five out of five if i saw it on my fucking tv you, you know i mean i i you know I, i'll own that i I, I was ill over the weekend and I literally watched this on Sunday morning, the entire thing on my phone. The, the thing is, right, is I, I get the whole filmmakers don't want you to watch their films or what is it? They want you to watch it in the best, what is it, right? However, it is one of the few times where I will call bullshit on filmmakers a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Because all the filmmakers, less so, but newer filmmakers, I will. Because I didn't fall in love with watching First Blood on on, on what is it on like on a 4K or a perfect presentation no. on a 60 inch TV. I fell in love with watching it on a fucking VHS on a 24 inch TV. Mm. You know. I, it's it not everything you know i will always try and watch things in the best possible way i can now but my you know watching something in 4k on my phone is better than watching <laughs> it on a vhs yeah. on a knackered crtv screen yeah yeah true um our audience poll that was definitely not shit 60 percent and touching cloth 40 percent Interesting. Uh, we do have some questions. I haven't seen any of these. Lay them on, lay them on me. There's, there's two. So first one, uh, Rick Kidd at Rick Chicken. Um, will Tom Hanks be remembered as one of the all-time greats? If so, which of his roles we remembered as the standout highlights? 
I, I suppose it depends what audience you're talking about. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think he will be remembered one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Um, he will, yeah. I, the ones that he, he will be remembered for are going to be Forrest Gump and um, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan's a fair shout, though. He's really good in that. The ones that I will remember him for burbs. will be the Burbs, Joe versus the Volcano, and um, Saving Private Ryan. Mm. But I think you could also throw in Big into there as the one that he'll be, one of the ones they'll remember for. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in terms of his acting, I mean, I only watched it for the first time last year, but Philadelphia, yeah, mm. he is fucking incredible in that. Um, and the Robert Langdon movies. Well, of course, yeah, he'll always hold a heart, a place in our heart for three yeah. Robert Langdon movies. Yeah. Um, Road Expeditions. Road Expeditions. Well. Great. Well, one thing I thought always thought was really amusing was uh, when Road Expedition came out, it was like, oh, Tom Hanks is in a serious role. It's like, have you not fucking seen Philadelphia Nobeds? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that he's not like the rom-com king kind of thing with Sleepless in Seattle and I think Sleepless in Seattle's a good movie yeah but he's better than that oh fucking Turner and Hooch that is a heartbreaking movie I bet that's on Star never going to watch Turner Duh. and Hooch Duh. Oh, a trigger yep. warning yep uh, we have a we have an Instagram question and it is on Star fucking told ya fucking putting that in our watch list so we have an Instagram question. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow, how exciting. From Jordan McGrath. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he asks, what is your favourite dessert? Oh. Tub of Ben and Jerry's caramel choo-choo, dude. I'm not going to lie. It's what? Tub of Ben and Jerry's caramel choo-choo. I'm, I'm particularly fond of an eating mess. I, I like an eating mess, but I, but I don't think I could say it's my favourite. No, it's not my favourite. Because it's way too touring. It's literally called eating mess. I mean, give me a fucking Viennetta. <gasps> tiramisu. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're a tiramisu, tiramisu for that, aren't you? Oh, creme brulee. I like when we do the thing where we... This is maybe... No, other people will do it. I like when we do the thing where we, we, we chop up mango and then saute it in sugar and butter and then have it with vanilla ice cream. That's always good. That is a good one, yeah. I'm a fan of a cold apple pie. You do love a cold apple pie. You're a bit of a freak, aren't you? Especially if it's a bit soggy. I love my apple pie. I'm not a big fan of the sogginess of it. Mm. But it's just apple pie. I am very much... If you offered me apple pie and it was warm, I'd be like, yeah, I'm all right, thank you. But if, like, if it was cold, I'd be like... Oh, now it's all. Hot now cherry pie all. with vanilla ice cream. It's a strong shout. Mm. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say it. Donut. Mm. You are a big fan of donuts. I'm a you? fucking huge fan of a donut. I bought you some donuts. You did buy me some donuts, yeah. Yeah. A donut is a wonderful fucking thing. Mm. So yeah, so I'm gonna go for a donut. What's your favourite breakfast? Favourite breakfast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it depends on mood I am in the but pancakes. Nando's. What's that? Nando's. Nando's is a strong breakfast. God. Where were we when we went for Nando's for breakfast? Birmingham. Oh, was it Birmingham? No, it was Mike's wedding. Mike's wedding at Birmingham, yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're all extremely hungover. Apart from Donna, who found it really amusing because she was pregnant with Lottie, wasn't she? And she found it really amusing the fact that we were all really fucking hungover. 
That was yeah. a solid fucking breakfast, though, to be fair. It was revelatory. It, well, that, was, that was our first number, wasn't it? It was, actually, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> very quickly, on, on very quickly, because I know we've gone very long, but I have to say it. Very quickly, one of the maddest breakfasts we ever had, Bex, was when we were on holiday at that time. We went to like this um, a restaurant that we'd been to the night before, I think, mm. and they did this breakfast, uh, and it was like a full, it was like a full cooked breakfast. Mm. And so we are next. We've been there the night before and had a steak, and it was really, it was quite good, wasn't it? Mm. So we had this breakfast, and the breakfast that came out, we worked it out as four pounds, wasn't it? Right, and it came out, and the breakfast was three rashes of bacon, three sausages. Eggs scrambled and fried came out. It had fries on it, beans on it, tomato on it, black pudding on it, uh, a steak on it, mm. <laughs> and there was. Did you have a pork chop? No, that was that came with the, the pork chop randomly came with the steak the night before. Ah, oh, yes, um, it did, yeah. And it, but it also had fries and a potato and some hash browns, and it came with coffee and a beer. <laughs> I reckon I could still smash that. And it was four pounds. And it was all really fucking good. God, do you remember when we went to... Is it when we went to Turkey or Benidorm? And you ordered something with garlic. Something that came with garlic. That was Turkey. Yeah, and it was like... That was Turkey. (laughs) Literally a bowl of yoghurt, wasn't it? With raw crushed garlic just sprinkled over the top. It wasn't even even like Greek yoghurt or anything like that, was it? No. What flavour yoghurt was it, Becky? Yogurt one. It, yeah, was it was strawberry. It was strawberry yogurt. It was no, it wasn't. It was strawberry yogurt with some crushed up garlic in it and two things of tomato. I think they were taking the piss out of me. Was it Turkey we went to and they kept laughing at your name as well? Yeah. Also, again, the last one that I promise we'll finish this show. So, have you ever been on? Ian, you you've been on holiday a lot. Have you ever been somewhere that has like a tips jar that is like just like a big bottle? Sure. So we're sat in this restaurant in was it was this Turkey or was this somewhere in Spain? Our holiday we went, I think it was somewhere in Spain because we we're a little bit older. Um and where we were sat at the table, the tips jar that you put your tips in was this big, massive, like old style sangria bottle, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it was big. It was like two foot and it was quite full, wasn't it? So me and Bex have finished off our meal, haven't we? And we've got our check and everything like that. And then I throw the the tip into this tip jar thing, didn't I? And the bottle cracked, didn't it? Did you? And so literally all of this money just kept on just spilling out onto the table as we're stood there and they sat there and the entire restaurant is turned around and just looking at us and every time it stopped we went to get up to leave as we got up more just started pouring out onto the table oh, God. and it was just just it was like never ending i know it's something goes on for just way too long it went on for what seemed like an hour <laughs> Do you remember what bar we went to? That joke, joking bar it was called, wasn't it? In Benidorm. And the lady outside gave us a, a flyer for a free. It was buy for buy buy one get one free on drinks, and you got a free shot for every drink you bought. And I well confused the barmaid. The barmaid got really confused. So she gave us our drinks that we paid for. Then she gave us our free one. And she was like, "Oh, you've got two drinks. So you get two free drinks." So she gave us two more drinks. Then she's like, "Oh, you get a shot with your drink." 
gives four shots to go and have four drinks. Yeah. So literally, we I, got hammered real cheap oh, that first day. Yeah, the, 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 we literally, I, I imagine like a tray just full of apple sours. Yeah, okay. It was something really fucking strong. The shots were were apple sours. I'm sure they were. It was fucking. It was. It was messy. It was messy. It was good. Was that the night Macca decided to go on the children's play equipment, or was that later in the week? That was that night. Yeah. That was. That was. So along the beach, there was just like kids' play equipment just there, and yeah, one of our friends got stuck on a slide because his ass was too big to go through the top of it. Yeah, pretty sweet. It was good. Um, Left him there. That was episode 390 of Film Bastards. Um, Bumper. Bumper, yes. That was, wow, we look at the time. What are we covering <laughs> next week, Ian? Um, okay, so we've got an interesting one here. So uh, the new release that we're going to be covering is the Netflix film Bad Trip, I want to say, which is um, Eric Andre and Little Al Howery like doing real world pranks on people but with a fictional storyline from the producers of bad grandpa not dirty grandpa which probably gives you an idea uh so yes we're also mr police i gave you all the clues (laughs) we're gonna be going back to the adventures of Harry Hole with a retro review of the snowman. Yep. Which I don't believe Becky has seen. She has not. She has not seen. Oh. We, we, we don't mean the um, the kids cartoon the snowman. No. I'll never watch that piece of shit again. No, we, we, no, we mean Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues. Yeah. Um, the film which the director on opening weekend said they didn't shoot 15% of it because they didn't have the money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm excited. A, a, a modern release that was that was a wide release that doesn't even have an iTunes. Uh, it, it, it is a film that, oh God, Literally, I was in the cinema and a guy I work with, who I, I didn't know he was in, in the screening, I saw him afterward, afterwards and he just looked at me, looked at my face and said, yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I can't I wait. I cannot. Yeah, I mean, I bought it on Amazon today, Blu-ray for five ninety nine. And I'm tempted to frame it. <laughs> uh, well, that is what we're covering next week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you much for joining me here. Uh, thank you, everyone. Good uh, night. Good night and goodbye.
Podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.